you look at his agenda and it would say like buy Porsche today. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It is Sunday, December 26, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 264. This is No Agenda. Living up to the true meaning of see something, say something here at the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West. In the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. Is it Sunday already? I'm not sure, but I'm in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Devorak. It's Hey, in the morning to you, John. Good morning to you, and good morning to all the ships at sea and feet on the ground. It's boots on the ground. <laughs> oh. If you if you're gonna try and, and usurp me again, it's it's ships at sea, boots on the ground, wings in the skies, hams on the air. We have never done the wings in the sky, hams yeah, on the air. No, we did that last week. And huh. to all human resources in the chat room at NoAdendaChat.net, chat, chat where. Uh, Everyone is charged up on the second day of Christmas and uh, exactly the way their government loves them. Uh, filled with electricity and energy, ready to be sapped by the new world order. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm, it's just a happy little ditty I'm thinking of here. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on something else. Ah, I'm going to well, depress the listeners. They're going, what is this? These guys are crazy. I got to tell you, um, I w- so we had a great Christmas yesterday. I'm, 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 Merry Christmas to you, John, by the way. Merry Christmas to you and to all, all the ships, ships at sea and the boots on the ground. <laughs> but we watched, uh, you know, as one does, you know, you watch some Christmas movies, and Scrooged was on with Bill Murray, which I think is one of the uh, one of my favorite uh, Christmas I'll, movies. I love that film. Yes, from nineteen eighty eight. And if you haven't seen it, uh, I encourage you to at least watch the beginning because there's something I, I noticed something very funny. And again, this is nineteen eighty eight. Bill Murray is the president, he's a ex- uh, top executive of a television network, the IBC television network, and he's a total dick. He's the, he's the most horrible, I mean, he's very true to form a television executive, actually. Um, and it starts off with they're doing this big live extravaganza on Christmas uh, Eve, which is the, uh, the, the Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens story. And, uh, and so they're in the executive suite, and they're looking at the promo for... Um, uh, for this extravaganza, and so you know they've got a nice little promo, and uh, and it looks kind of good, and apparently the promo is performing quite well. But then Bill Murray, as the president of this network, freaks out and says, "You know, this is not you. You need to scare people that if they miss watching this show, they will, you know, their lives will be over." And then he rolls out a promo, and it's the funniest thing. I mean, it could have been any promo for any news cable news network today and of course in 1988 it was outrageous that um, the promo literally you know you see an airplane taking off and um and the voiceover says this special is so terrifying um and you see um the airplane explode in midair and you know the voiceover literally says terrorism and then it's like you know drugs and you see the needle going in the arm it's exactly like what cnn fox and msnbc are today only in 88 that was seen as an outrageous crazy thing it could never happen that's crazy that's crazy that's just that's just fiction it's just a movie and and now we're living it just wow well you know Anyway. Gives us something to talk about. Yeah, but you know, it's just like wow. I, I was. I should have made a clip. <laughs> yeah, I should have. My impression kind of sucked. But I just realized that this morning. It's like my God, I can't believe that the whole premise of that movie is based upon the world we're living in today. Only then it was like, oh, it's a Bill Murray movie. Of course, it's nuts. That'll <laughs> never happen. It's crazy, crazy talk. I tell you. 
and otherwise uneventful. No strikes of terror, John. I'm sorry? No, no terror strikes. No, it's amazing. I think we're going to make it through the end of the year, even though I believe back in January we could play the clip again, but we don't need to. Uh, Diane Feinstein had all the top dogs <laughs> yeah, sitting it's, there it's in guaranteed. front of them, in front of Congress, it's and they a- all predicted the worst is going to happen within the next three months. It's a sh- done deal. It's, and it- they all pointed at each other and said, yeah, I agree with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure it's because the TSA is so awesome. TSA hasn't done anything. Well, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Excuse me. They did something very, very important. They did some extra checking this uh, travel season. You didn't hear about the uh, incredible about the alert. What it was the alert? As millions of Americans take to the skies in the rush to get home for Christmas, the TSA is eyeing a potential tool for terrorists. In- well, what could it be, John? Wait, they designed a, a tool for the terrorists? Yeah, fu- Whose fu- side are they on? They found a potential tool for terrorists. They found it. They've got it. Insulated thermos containers. Oh. ABC's Lindsay Davis joins us live from the newsroom now with details on this. this. Lindsay? Wait, what? I said, I'm, I'm actually wondering why I didn't note this for the show. I think it's because it was so stupid. <laughs> No, so no. one thing, who brings a thermos on? What, do they bring their box lunch, or they got a lunch pail and a thermos, and they're going to eat? I mean, what's the deal? <coughs> Have you ever brought a thermos on a plane? I see, I've seen lots of people do it, because what they'll do is they'll, they'll take the thermos through the security, and then they'll fill up their coffee on the other end so it stays nice and warm and not in one of those cups that'll explode onto your lap, and it's just, you know, paper, paper cups. I've seen lots of people do it. But I've also seen people eat Taco Bell on the airplane. Oh. That's kind of our culture, you know. It's like someone opens up a nice Taco Bell on the yeah, and stinks up. Oh my God! And so here's the here's the report because, of course, uh, we need to understand exactly how this new tool of terror can be used. Good afternoon to you, Dan. Just want to give you a heads up. There is no particular ban here. It's just that you can expect that if you're going to pack one of these thermoses in your carry-on or your check bag, that you're going to have to undergo a few more. Now, this is what I, very interesting, because she says something here, which... Heads up. She, sa- <laughs> she says, if you have this in your checked luggage, you can expect to be searched. What? Yeah. That's, I think that was a mistake. Well... Why? Why would she say this then? Why I mean, would they check it in the chair? Why, why would well, it slow let's, you down? Let's and how would they know? Let's just listen here. Carry on or your check bag that you're going to have to undergo a few more uh, security measures. Yeah. The issue. Yeah, I'm just so maybe no, no, she a, dropped the ball. She fucked up on that. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, hello, Sorry, I'm, I'm hello. Gonna, I kept Thursday. That's my weeks. That's my my allotment. Whoa, Thursday show. I kept completely clean, 100. percent You go and blow the record. You here? Made it through one show. Not- no, she screwed up. This is a mistake she made. She well, was talking about carry-on. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's oh, oh, that's why she's on the news. Okay. Well, th- well, then let's get off that topic and let's listen to the true reason there was no uh, terror this season. Because I, I really did find the true reason why, uh, why we've had no terror attacks. Because the TSA, once again, is on the case, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, that's the opening. Remember all that anger over Thanksgiving about... Oh. Oh, this is a great report. This is George Stephanopoulos. Remember all that anger over Thanksgiving about the TSA, John? Do you remember that anger, that outrage, that I anger? I don't know. Do I you, was mad. Do you remember the anger? It's it's gone. It's all oh, gone. Really? Oh, people it, have been sedated. Yes. Yes. Not just sedated. We're no longer angry. <laughs> 
remember all that anger over Thanksgiving about full body scans and pat downs at airports? Yes. Well, for many passengers, the encounter with federal government screeners is a lot more pleasant now that Christmas is coming. Oh. Check out the TSA carolers at LAX. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. But l- l- listen to the report from the compromised ABC News. Uh, this is like so clearly, a, it's like, all right, uh, here's the, uh, the Ministry of Truth speaking. Please make these guys look human and just listen to this report. It's outstanding. It's a bunch of TSA jabroni standing in the departure hall <laughs> with like a keyboard. There's a lot of stress. So when, the, when our singers start singing, maybe you'll get a smile. Maybe someone will just relieve a little bit of the stress. Hey, that we do, I think, to to uh, show a different face for the uh, you know of the TSA, uh, more human side. <laughs> and, and and they're all in their uniforms and they got a couple of guys who like think they can sing you know you know those people who then go in oh, yeah syncopic yeah, I, like, I, I, I work with one <laughs> had a very shiny nose the tsa people who have been so bad mouth being everybody together everybody in the christmas spirit then one here he is. Here's the guy who's doing syncopic, like, you know, trying to kind of, like, swing through it all. Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, what a way to get us on our trip for Christmas. American Airlines flights leaving at 12.05 to Miami, Denver, Chicago, San Francisco. <laughs> and let's wind it up. What do you think, sir? Go TSA! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, Yeah, we love it! Go TSA! You're awesome! Unbelievable. Reminds you of the brown shirt chorus of 1938. I I don't know if you're making a joke, but it wouldn't surprise me if it actually existed. If there was a brown shirt chorus. It isn't singing... Songs in the hinterland, isn't that one of the ways? Well, it's that- all they do in Germany. You go to a beer house, and it's all they do. Sing about the whole place. Sing about das Hinterland. It's like you're in there, you know, you're in Germany, you're floating around, you go decide to go to a beer house on any time if, during the holidays. I can't imagine what it's like. Yeah. And they just sing in their whole place, the whole bar. It's like a huge bar, 100 people, 200 people, and they're all singing songs you've never heard of. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I'm sure the brown shirts had a chorus. But it's really unbelievable, and of course, you know, we've discussed that, even though all the news networks are compromised, maybe it's just me, but every single story I get sent these days that is outrageous, that comes from television news, is from ABC News, after uh, there's a new news president uh, uh, over at ABC. I I, I don't know, I'm getting just as much crap from the other network. (sighs) I don't know, okay. But it's like all the big shows, like Good Morning America, and you know, so here's George Stephanopoulos announcing you know doing an intro to this total bs puff piece about <laughs> and with and listen to what he's saying well everyone was so angry well, we're not angry anymore because they're singing christmas carols yeah it's so, pretty lame i mean that's that's pretty out there i mean that was that's a former advisor to president bill clinton who is now on one of the biggest morning network national programs that we that there are that there is i mean that that's you know, that's pretty out there. I think you made your point. All right. Hey, do we have anyone to thank for this program, John? Yeah, we got a bunch in? of producers. We got uh, one, two, uh, three. Uh, 
four, five, six, seven uh, executive pro- or say, producers of some sort. Let's let's just name them who they are, and we can figure out what their what their title is. Well, since you're in charge of charge of just like Hollywood. <laughs> okay, we got uh, uh, two executive producers uh, that gave three thirty three thirty three, and one of them actually gave three thirty three ninety nine, which is Leonard Rinkema. Sir Leonard, actually, from Groningen. 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 Um, he says it's a long, long-time long night due for a donation, so he uh, contributed. Thank you, Sir Leonard. Uh, he became the executive producer. And, uh, and then there's David Chapman, who... Uh, is the executive produ- uh, another executive producer, and he uh, wanted, he had a little note here. Oh, is that the guy uh, who also killed John Lennon? No, that was some other Chapman. It wasn't. Think, I don't think the guy who killed John <laughs> Lennon is going to be donating to the show. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, whoa, that's a recognizable name. He's he's in Vassenar. Vassenar. Vassenar, Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave us three, 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 and he needs some. Uh, he needs a little help. He says okay. he's requesting some serious karma. Uh, his boss revealed the plans for a for the next outsourcing process next Uh-oh. year. We've got to pull in double time to basically make ourselves redundant on time. Well, that's nice. Needless to say, I'm looking to jump ship and can use any help, cosmic or otherwise. All right, stand by. Open up. Here we come. You've got karma. That should do it, my friend. We're hoping. Yeah. Wow. Then we have a number of members of the 264 Club, uh, including, uh, I want to mention, uh, last week's uh, Gordon Walton, who jumped the gun <laughs> yeah. from Austin, Texas, 264. Uh, Francois Pruel, who I pronounced it before. Pruel. 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 Anyway, he's a long-time producer of the show. Wanted to recommend to watch some of the documentaries in the series Vice Guide to Travel. Never heard of them. Currently available on Netflix. Some of these are documentaries on North Korea and Liberia. Are quite interesting and thought-provoking. Really, do not not the type of crap that uh, Michael Moore does. It's pretty hardcore ghetto documentaries. Uh, John, I'm pretty sure you're going to see the one on North Korea, so you can better know the customs of the country. Actually, they're probably pretty similar to uh, the customs of South Korea, I would think. Yeah, except for anyway, the, he's a friend at Montreal. Except he's for that a, dictator thing. He needs to know how far he is from his knighthood. Eric will take care of that and think is his third, maybe fourth donation. It might be around 500 or so. Yeah. He doesn't know. All right, cool. Uh, so he can cough up the remainder. Uh, also, uh, we, uh, we've got uh, Jeff Daly. Another member of the 264 Club, Alexandria, Virginia. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. And uh, the, whatever you say in German to the team at No Agenda. A special douchebag shout out to Doug Challoner. Douchebag. Do you think he's a member of the Daily Family of Chicago? Challoner? No, uh, or- I'm still Jeff Daly. Oh, I doubt it. And by the way, well, in Virginia. Yeah, Alexandria, Virginia. Hello. Hello. Well, it doesn't mean he's Hello, Spooksville. Of course he is. It's it's code. It's (laughs) when you get a daily. Doug Chaliner, too. So, one of the two. And then we had had one uh, mail in. Uh, We got a check in the mail. Check money in the mail. And this is also an executive producer? And a member of the 264 Club. Oh, wow. Okay. 
You guys have a great show. I want to thank you for constantly opening my eyes to some of the things that are really going on around the world. I wouldn't get through any kind of mainstream media. I've been listening since Poland's government got a two to the head, and I've loved it ever since. Not the two to the head, but the show. Here's a PayPal proof donation to join the 263 Club. For one reason or another, it doesn't get there in time. Here's an extra dollar for the 264 Club. And which is now a... Uh, and who, and who, who sent this in? Because you didn't give us a this name. This is Eric Wilka. And I don't have Eric's address on this. On the, well, are you going to give it out so people can go thank him personally? No, I mean, I, I usually mention the city. You've oh, the this. city or state. Yeah, good point. You know, Whatever the case is, Eric, thanks a lot. Uh, he says he... Well, I'm not going to read this. Well, I, I guess I should read it because he'll probably send a note to Adam. Uh, I'll read this reluctantly. P.S. John, I enjoy Adam singing on the show. Uh huh. And could I hear the Gitmo Nation national anthem? <laughs> well, I, I think it's a reasonable request. Why don't we do the Gitmo Nation national anthem after we've done uh, our uh, halfway through? We'll do the halfway mark. Yeah, and we also have uh, five uh, the five by one club. Right, and then we got one more uh, executive producer, or associate executive producer. The rest of them will be executive producers, but Tom is sitting by himself. Tom Byrne from Wellington, New Zealand. Hi, John and Adam. Felt, uh, I feel bad that the money I thought was I was donating for the 42 coin ended up costing you some extra money, so here's a couple of hundred, two hundred dollars to help you out. Thank you very Thank much, you, Mr. Byrne. Uh, so that's it for our executive producers for today's show, number 264, and members of the 264 Exclusivity Club. And uh, I, so we do the five by ones we do uh, at the halfway mark. Is that uh, is that how we're yeah. playing it? Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Okay. So, uh, boy, uh, nice list. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, we've chosen for a completely different model than uh, taking money from people who don't want us to talk about them, which is kind of fun the way that works in advertising, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's the way it works, too. Don't, don't kid yourself. Uh, Sir Leonard Renkma, uh, David Chapman being the executive producer of this episode, then executive uh, producers and 264 Club members, Gordon Walton, Francois Proul, Jeff Daly, Eric Wilka, and the associate executive producer, Tom Byrne. Thank you all very much. This is an official credit. It works just like Hollywood. You can put it anywhere. You uh, think it'll, it'll like on your resume, uh, your IMDb profile. Put in your LinkedIn, by the way. That's another uh, good place to... Put your uh, uh, associate executive or executive producer credits. And at any time, unlike Hollywood, you need someone to vouch. We'll be right there for you. Now, of course, everyone else on this uh, second day of Christmas, propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, you slaves. You seem to enjoy saying that more than uh, you should. Because I I know that we're all slaves. Well, definitely wage slaves. We're actually slaves to our producers. Excuse me, speak for yourself. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I'm a slave to the producers. I'm no wage slave. Well, this is kind of a wage. So... uh, what else we got? Well, anything news this week besides just I have a couple. Of, I have an interesting thing. I want to just do a propose. I'd like I want to propose a concept. Okay, hit me with it. And it's based on the clip I have, uh, which is let me look at open the clip file. I, I don't have as many clips as I'd like 
because I might had a, I had had a, a technical uh, I had a technical glitch. But this is called this clip is a conflict of interest USA and people can kind of like read between the lines as they listen to this clip. This is about the Health South. This was from the show NBC CNBC show Greed, which is actually a very good documentary of different kinds of scams that went on and how they how they fell apart over time. And uh and this was about the Health South scam, where they, they were just cooking the books and cooking the books. What was the uh, Health South? I, I, they were they were just one of those one of those uh, healthcare providers that was just cooking the books to get to keep the stock price pumped up. Uh, and they make a little mention in here, and as soon as they said this, I said, "Oh my God, this could be why." The Madoff thing went as far as it did. I mean, the, we, when we've we've done the show since the since during the Madoff uh, uh, outbreak and the whole and and other scandals, the Stanford one and the, some of the other ones that came and went. We've been doing this since the Watergate tapes, I think. <laughs> and one of the things that's always been fascinating is why didn't the regulators do anything? And right. especially when that one whistleblower guy was kept presenting it to him years, time and time years again. before, yeah, for years, years yeah. ten years, literally, he kept giving them the paper showing that this was a scam. Period. Right. So what? So I'm thinking when I heard this clip, this one little thing that's in there, I went, "Oh, oh my God! There's collusion in the government, and this is the reason, and this is Wait, the reason nothing happened." There's collusion in the government. Yeah, but you got to listen to this clip. It's not the collusion you think. <laughs> okay, let's hit it fraud at HealthSouth continues, and the CFO position seems to have a revolving door. I took the CFO position in 2001, uh, probably because I was the only person stupid enough to take it. Weston Smith is the company's fourth CFO in as many years. By now, HealthSouth's books are in total disarray, and the fraud has grown to about $2 billion. Things are so bad, HealthSouth is reporting one set of earnings and is paying taxes on that set of earnings. The taxes that the company is paying is greater than the actual earnings that the company is generating. That's how bad it is. <laughs> and for Smith... That's cool. How does that work? Well, to keep the fraud going, they have to pay the taxes on the fake earnings. Yeah, you have to say that you've got more earnings and ergo you and have so to there, pay. they were paying... Essentially, every dime they were making was going to the, to the IRS straight into the government yeah and so i'm thinking well what what the sec or nobody did anything about this what would be the motive for the sec to stop this gravy train well no exactly because it's bringing in the dough it's bringing in not only bringing in that it's bringing in all the dough in other words every nickel <laughs> this company was making was going straight in to cover up a scam that's great so I'm thinking this is a major conflict of interest within the government because why would it say so you're the SEC and you, you say well, we're going to crack down on these guys and somebody comes over from the IRS and says look hey, dude, these guys are dude, hey, bank. Wait, whose side are you on <laughs> dummy we're making bank here what are you talking about man? whose side stop are you that. on stop that already so just so now <laughs> you wonder why the people that were at the SEC nobody's fired nobody's disciplined nothing comes of it and then they they replace the head person as a kind of a gesture mm. they retire the other person not not jail them and then they bring a new person in, as we discussed you know about a year ago the person they brought in was also part of the scheme so the so the so the game is rigged, and the only persons, the people that take it in the shorts, of course, are the investors, the shareholders, who end up getting you know screwed when the when the when the thing finally falls apart, which it always does. But meanwhile, 
How was the was the did the government return the, the false taxes? <laughs> Gee, uh, no. <laughs> so that's a that to me is like the most interesting. As soon as I heard that, I said, "Oh my god, this is like the worst kind of conflict of interest." And the IRS has guns, and they do have guns. Yeah. Oh, oh, serious guns! I've had them show up at my place of work with their with hand guns? Out, yeah with their John? Hand, with their hand on their holsters. Uh, I told you well, this that happened to Mevia. Yeah, you told me this. You you, you mentioned this on the show on the some show, time ago. I'm sure new listeners have never heard this story. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. there was. I had not. I was like a. West, it was a Wesley Snipes thing. I I had uh, an accountant in Europe, and even if you live abroad and pay taxes in the country where you're living, you still have to file with uh, the United States of Gitmo, so that they know what you what you're doing. So, you know, so we can check you, slave. And I and you know and of course that information had gone to an accountant and they were supposed to file it and I guess they didn't file, so they didn't send in the paperwork, and then the IRS uh, all of a sudden shows up because of course I was working in uh, at Mevio in the United States and you know paying uh, local payroll taxes, then and then they're like all of a sudden like hey who's this guy, we've been looking for you, I'm like well, you've been looking for me. <laughs> Have you ever tried Google? I mean it's not that hard to find me, yeah. But now we got you. And then they sh- they showed up with their hands on their on their guns at the office. You know, we're looking for Mr. Curry. <laughs> this is over in the San Francisco office. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and Mark Sierra was uh, was our CFO at the time. Remember Mark Sierra? No. He was like the the yogi guy, and he had uh, he always had his hand in a in like a thank you, darling. His hand in a cast or a uh, no. Oh, okay. But anyway. Uh, he was our CFO, and he was he he was like trying to calm him down. He's like, well, "Okay, why don't you guys just sit here and you know we'll work all of this out?" Because they they were in the basically you know. What are they going to do? Gun you down? Take my salary and shut down the company? <laughs> are they going <laughs> to lock lock up the place and shoot you? Yes. What's the point of the gun? Telling you, I'm, hand on the gun. I don't know, man. It was, but they had their hands on the on their guns. They got real sidearms. I, they've got more too. Remember, we looked at those reports. They've got shotguns and assault oh, yeah, rifles. They're, they're armed to the teeth. Yeah. 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 Yes. Anyway. So yeah, uh, total collusion. Yeah, makes sense. And then, please let's uh, presume that uh, there are people within government who hold stock in a company company like that. It's not illegal, you know. Senators, congressmen. They, they yeah, no. They, the senators and congressmen. As we we discussed this on the show too. This is a retrospective show. It sounds it, it like it does sound like that. Yeah. Uh, but we've discussed this that the congressmen and and aides they can buy and short. They can short stock, and uh, when they hear about something going on, it's 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 kind. You'd think it would be considered inside information, but it's not. No. And so they they make a fortune. People go into government, you know, making those low salaries of you know low sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, and then they will come out millionaires. And you wonder why? How I mean, does that happen? How, how does that work? How do you get so rich and while serving the public? Doesn't make any sense. Well, but no, now I'm convinced that the Madoff thing went on on purpose. You know, as long as he's paying more as as taxes, he's paying than the he, taxes, right? It's like pay, keep paying them taxes, and you know, big and the, and the tax was inflated, obviously, to keep a scam going. Mm-hmm. You have to pay more than your share, and who's complaining on the government side? You know, well, you know, it'll yeah. fall apart eventually. Let it fall apart on its own. So a bunch of people get wiped out. So the uh, the Washington Post, speaking of this type of uh, shenanigans in government, uh, the Washington Post has an article which came out the day before Christmas. Um, and they actually did some of the work, and it turns out, you know, the uh, eight of every ten registered lobbyists who work for scanner technology companies uh, previously held positions in the government or Congress. 
most commonly in homeland security, aviation, or intelligence fields. So this yeah. is this is this is not just the uh, the Chertoffs. This is like the whole lobbying industry for um, basically scanners. Securite. Well, it's going beyond scanners now. Yeah, it's true. And the, and the, and the foot thing and all the rest well, of Well, do you it. know how much L3 has, according to this article, how, how much money L3 Communications of New York, which uh, of has, um, uh, who was it? They had um, a couple of guys shilling for them. Anyway, they sell these other body scanners. You know how much money they've made in government government contracts alone? $900 million. Well, It's not bad. <laughs> well, it's like the guys who do those websites for $8 million a pop. Eighteen million. Oh, eighteen million a pop <laughs> for a website, you know, using Drupal. <laughs> I think they've changed to SharePoint now because that that was getting a little lame. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it really it's one big scam. It really well, it's, is. it's just a way of ripping off the taxpayer. Now listen to and our- it's not protecting the public. This is what really bothers me about this about this health south thing. You know, they're paying all these taxes or the Madoff thing, for that matter. I mean, there's there was no interest in protecting the public. It was just protecting the, 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 the tax stream. I mean, and nobody even which goes, this yeah, up. Which it's goes really, straight into uh, you know, all kinds of other stuff that we don't really benefit from. No, we don't benefit from any of it. All right. So, um, twas the season, of course, to be uh, jolly, uh, John. And uh, thank you, darling. Oh, I love you. Not you, John. Well, thank you. Thank you. Know, I love you too, but in a different way. Um, leaders around the world, of course, uh, help us celebrate this uh, this joyous occasion. Our president uh, went to some uh, kids. He had a little, he plugged his own book, uh, which uh, I don't have a clip of. But I had this little clip of um, how he was talking to the little slavelets <laughs> at a Washington uh, grade school, reading them the night before Christmas. And this actually this kind of surprised me to hear uh, how he's training them for their. Uh, lives, future lives as uh, slaves to terror and uh, other fine human resources. Listen, listen to what he, he sa- says to them. The president also read a holiday classic, Twas the Night Before Christmas by Clement Moore. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be... Saint Nick! Saint Nick, a.k.a. Santa Claus. <laughs> what? A.k.a. Santa Claus. <laughs> A.K.A. Yeah, Santa Claus? Yeah, in other words... It's yeah. like a name for a book. Let hold me write it down. Hold A.K.A. A Santa hey, Claus. Hold on, my daughter's leaving. Let me say goodbye. Bye, baby. Hey, see you tomorrow? Yep. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, A.K.A. Santa Claus. Fill in the blank. A.K.A. Anwar al-Awlaki. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just preparing the slavelets to... Uh, what's his name? Oh, A.K.A. something else. These kids are like five, a.k.a. 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 Nick, a.k.a. Santa Claus. Yeah, you got to send me that clip for the... And you, and you hear, the, like, the room is dead, right? He's, what do you expect, Obama? He's not getting my, you're not getting any laughs with the kids. <laughs> you expect what? the kids to go, that's hilarious. That's, Aka? that's Aka hilarious. Santa Claus. Aka? 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 What's that mean? I don't get it. Aka. I don't understand what he's saying. And then, of course, in uh, Gitmo Nation, uh, United States of Europe, uh, do you know who the president is of the United States of Europe, uh, John? Well, isn't it the same guy? The dish rag guy? <laughs> the what? The dish rag guy. The dish rag guy? Yeah. Yeah, but you, you, you got to know his name. He's, Rumpoy. Yeah, exactly. Herman Van Rumpoy. He uh, decided to uh, uh, leave us all with it. Well, you know, you know what he does for a hobby? 
Yeah, he's a poet. He's a haiku idiot. Yes, haiku. Yeah. That's right. He wrote us a little haiku. Oh, I want to hear it. Well, unfortunately, it's in. Uh, he did it in uh, Dutch slash French. Oh, that sucks. But it's only three lines, so I can translate it. But okay, first, translate. Let's it, listen though. to it. Mag ik het met een haiku zeggen? <laughs> Stilte en vreugde. Silence and happiness. Van Kerstmis tot het nieuwe jaar. From Christmas to the new year. Hopende ook op hoop. We're hoping for hope. <laughs> We're hoping for hope? Yes. <laughs> silence? What's the silence? Did you tell everyone to shut up? What's yeah, the point yeah, of well, that? Let's do it again. Mag ik het met een haiku zeggen? Een haiku. Stilte en vreugde. Silence and actually silence and happiness. Silence and joy. Silence and happiness. Yeah, if you shut up, you'll yeah. be happy. Shut up, you'll be happy. Van kerstmis tot het nieuwe jaar. Oh, it's code from Christmas to the new year. So you got to be shut. You got to shut up and be happy between Christmas and the New Year. That's it's weird. Only a week. I don't know. I'm just saying that's what he's telling us to do. And then the payoff. Hoping the oak of hope. Also hoping for hope. What does that even mean? I have no idea what hoping for hope means. But that's Unless what he's, you know, he's that's, a Bob that's, Hope fan. That's literally what he's saying. Bob mm-hmm. Hope fan. <laughs> hoping for hope. Damn. And then. Uh, the uh, the president and the first lady did a, did a teleprompter for Christmas. How oh, is this so horrible? And all the oh servicemen, well, you, oh the servicemen, oh well, you know, the servicemen. One of the clips I lost from a, a equipment malfunction was the Queen. Oh, of England, the Queen of England giving her little speech, and the, and this was allude, uh, the only reason it was, you're missing out not hearing is because it has nothing to do with Christmas. It was about sport. Really? <laughs> yeah, she says everyone should go out and play more in the fields. <laughs> Seriously, that's what it was. <coughs> Sport is good. It's good it's like, exercise. It's like there's like eight feet of snow. What is she telling the kids to do? <laughs> no idea. Go out and play in the snow, kids. Freeze. Get used to the heat you're not going to have when we ration you. Mm. Wow. So I guess so. There's a so I do have a, the PBS report of snow in Europe, which I do. That clip came through. The clip that unfortunately didn't come through is the BBC report of snow in Europe, which was a little more interesting. But there was one piece of information in the PBS report of snow in Europe. If you want to hit it. Christmas Eve was anything but a time of celebration for thousands of air travelers in Europe. A new round of snow and ice caused new delays, just as problems from earlier in the week had begun to clear. At Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport, planes sat on the tarmac today after a shortage of de-icer fluid cut takeoffs in half. Beds and blankets were brought out, but for many people, there was no end to the frustration. This is the third day we have waited in the airport. We waited for six hours today just to get to the Air France information desk. They have promised us a flight for tomorrow, but tonight we are just on a waiting list. We'll wait and see. We might have a hotel for tonight. We'll have to wait after tonight's flight leaves. There it is. We are enjoying our Christmas Eve. Airports in Dublin, Ireland, and Brussels, Belgium also ran short of de-icing fluid in the unexpected cold. In Pakistan, about... We had uh, some people over here for uh, Mickey's Art Club, including uh, the artist who was Dutch. And uh, most of these people all went back on the same plane uh, to Schiphol. And uh, so they arrived at Schiphol Airport, had to wait on the tarmac for three hours. Three hours because some... And it was completely snowed in, of course, because some plane couldn't leave the gate. And by the way, this is the home field for KLMs. It shows you how much they they care about their passengers. 
after flying for 12 hours, they're on the tarmac. Oh, that sucks. When you land, you should be able to get a gate. Yeah, no no gate. Uh, But, of course, the movements are very hard because of all the snow. They clear the runways, but it's hard to keep uh, the taxiways and the the, the runways clear. But then the luggage, they weren't even taking luggage off the plane. And they said, come back next week. What? Yes, I, I swear to God. People had to wait a week for their luggage, and they, they didn't bring it to them. They had to come and get it and then search for it amongst piles of luggage. Yes, it was pandemonium. God. And of course, they had to search for their own luggage. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of the story. So I go to, I, you know, now it's going to become anecdote time. So I, I go to Russia. And uh, I'm like, I've been on an Aeroflot flight of all things, which is it's quite an experience. I could talk for a while about that. So, but I checked all my, I didn't check anything because I don't trust anyone anywhere except when I'm returning f- from Europe, I will, I'll check luggage. But on the way over, no. So I'm stuffing my stuff in the overhead. And somebody's complaining to me about, you know, being a nuisance for doing this. So I got there, I got all my stuff. Some guy never gets his luggage. Right. And so he says, uh, so he makes a big fuss. He's in the same group. He makes a huge fuss with the airline. He's, oh, you know, the luggage, you know. And then they, apparently some woman had her luggage stolen, but she was a member of, she was a member of some family, the premier's aunt or something. And all of a sudden they found her luggage instantly. So he says he goes into, he says he finally gets them to take him to the lost luggage warehouse True. where he's, he wants to look around. It turns out to be a a hangar the size of that Moffett Field thing, this huge, oh, the, monstrous... Yeah, the, that you can park the space shuttle in? You one? could put a couple in there, and it's mountains high of luggage. Uh-huh. It's like, and, it, and you get to drive through it. There's a, like a roadway through these mountains of luggage. You'd think that the, the people would be more interested in getting their stuff. You know what I'm saying? It was, he said it was the weirdest. I'd love to have seen this thing. He did find his luggage, curiously, because it was the latest thing they threw it on there. He says all the tags were intact. He had his name, address, phone, everything. It was all on there. It wasn't like they, they, you know, there was anything missing that they, this luggage would be. No, they just apparently just randomly grab luggage <laughs> and throw it into this pile, and then they go through it, rummage through it, and steal stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway, that's my story for the day. Um so anyway, so the so PBS plays this pretty straight. BBC played it, but they but instead of just being a, a planes bad, trains good story, they actually tr- played up the trains problems because the trains had the same issues. Yes, they weren't going anywhere. And the one that was the most interesting that the BBC talked about was uh, uh, the Berlin to Hanover uh, train. Apparently, halfway through, because when it's when you have snow, uh, apparently the, those overhead wires that they use for the electrical high speed trains, yeah. they they get loaded down with ice and they just frozen. So the train had to literally stop halfway, and for like twelve, I just stopped and stayed there. So people had to like you know snooze on the train. Which yeah, no, actually, I, I got a message from one of our producers in Gitmo Nation Deutschland, and uh, the whole article was about uh, how the horrible state of German rail. Uh, apparently, you know, th- uh, these uh, these train cars are uh, outdated. You know, half of the the electricity doesn't work, so there's like no lights when they go through uh, tunnels. Uh, it's a t- it's a t- in shambles apparently, and I don't I don't know why. I mean, there's only one article, 
Uh, and it was it's in expensive German. to keep up this, this train <laughs> network. That's the why. The train business costs too much money. That's what it is. Exactly. So, so the first thing I heard when I heard these reports, though, is, they, oh, we ran out of de-icing. We ran out of de-icing. Well, that maybe it's because you planned for global warming. Yeah. We, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I read a tweet from someone this morning saying there's something really profoundly wrong about seeing a foot of snow on top of my Prius that I bought to save the world from global warming. <laughs> <laughs> Take a photo. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we have a... Uh, well, actually, I don't know if it's a two to the head, but a very interesting story, and I have an, I can do some anecdotes about uh, about this story, which popped up just before the, uh, the Christmas festivities. Police were slow to release any details about the investigation into the death of 27-year-old aspiring model Adrian Nicole Martin. Always a code there, aspiring model. What does that usually mean, John? Uh, she's a hooker? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who was found dead inside the home of August Bush IV, former CEO of Anheuser-Busch. Police said the woman died at Bush's Huntley home in Missouri, but say they found no apparent signs of trauma. Oh. Bush's longtime family attorney released a statement saying there was, quote, nothing to suggest anything suspicious. The medical examiner is expected to take six weeks to determine the cause of death. So I um, so Anheuser Busch was my client in the uh, in the mid nineties. Uh, I actually built my company built Budweiser dot com and BudLight dot com and um, the Born on label that you have on your beer can uh, was my idea. The Born on date and that emerged. Yeah, yeah you mentioned this before. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show. Oh, okay. Well, I'll it's do a it good on idea. the show. I'll do it. I'll do it on the show. This is back when the web was like you know hand coded. <laughs> when front page was only a gleam in my eye, and uh, and we d- we discovered that if you could read the barcode on a bottle or on a can of Budweiser, you could figure out how old when your beer came off the assembly line down to the quarter hour. And we had a, th- a widget on the website, and you could enter in the code, and then it would give you your born on date. And they liked it so much to put it on the can. Uh, anyway, so at the time. Grinder, because I know all the nicknames and everything. Because we, this is like a family business before the Belgians bought it. InBev, it just just got sold, which of course is why this guy is going off the deep end. So um, August Bush the third, better known as Grinder, he was just handing the reins over to uh, August Bush the fourth. His nickname Woody, and <laughs> and with good reason. This guy was nothing but a player. He had nothing but chicks running around. I think he's divorced, uh, and he was divorced back then. I think he may, might have had one kid really young at the time but he was you know uh, i was in his office we were pitching him i can't remember because he was like the ceo and we had to pitch this jabroni and uh, you look at his agenda and it would say like buy porsche today (laughs) that's what was in his in his planner like okay you're really busy uh so uh yeah um i i I think we can just if if they're going to release any information if they do any real investigation i think you'll find um that this uh aspiring model uh, came to a to her end in an unfortunate perhaps drug related way i think you can just kind of wait for that but i love uh, i'm well, not too to the head by any means no 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 i, I uh, actually it was it filed under the wrong heading we do so have, we do have a, we do two have to a the real head. two to the head exactly <laughs> story which uh, do you have any of the details of it i didn't i don't have it on my screen yeah i i have some of the uh some of the links and so i mean this is a real sketchy one it's obviously a two to the head because the guy's killed he's a he's like one of these well i here i i have a um hold on a second i have a clip i hope this 
clip will play for us. And this clip is a news report about what happened, and then we can kind of get into the details. Jason, researchers around the world are mourning the death tonight of a professor at Case Western. Mark Smith, a renowned authority in the field of Alzheimer's research, was killed by a hit-and-run driver. News Channel 5's Curtis Jackson is live in the newsroom with more on this story. Curtis. John Mark Smith was one of the top three Alzheimer's researchers in the world. His innovative theories on the disease radically changed the search for a cure. The 45-year-old opened researchers' eyes to antioxidants as a potential way to prevent Alzheimer's. He was also the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease. Police say Smith was killed by a hit-and-run driver on Chagrin Road in Bainbridge Township. His death has devastated people who hope to one day find a cure. Uh, but wait, there's more. So not only is, uh, and this is the guy, by the way, who predicted that Eli Lilly, um, that their, uh, their Alzheimer's drug would, would uh, fail. Right, and also would his there because they were at complete opposite ends of the spectrum on, on, on the analysis of what this one particular uh, substance, which forms in the brain, and it actually kind of, it's like scabs. It scabs up a scarring er- or areas that are scarred for one reason or another. And the Eli Lilly drug eliminates this from happening because they believe that that's what causes Alzheimer's. This guy who's dead believes just the opposite. This stuff, th- that the Lilly drug, that, that's necessary to the brain for this, this function to take place. And the Lilly drug is actually making Alzheimer's worse. So not only does this guy get killed by a hit-and-run driver after you know he's been pretty much against one of the largest industries in the universe outside of the banking world, but then something very interesting is discovered. The fact that Alzheimer's is now the sixth leading cause of death in the United States uh, makes it a, a huge issue for this country and, and for the rest of the world. And finding a cure is is critical because the baby boomers are starting to reach the age uh, where Alzheimer's can start to hit. And he was determined to find a cure or help find a cure. Sorry, that was actually uh, about the uh, the size of the industry when you think about it. I mean, how does Alzheimer's kill you, John? Do you forget to breathe or what happens? I don't know. How, I mean, I don't know that's a direct cause of death. I mean, you could you wander off I mean, sometimes uh, uh, yeah. you get lost. No, I mean, it's it's the it's the what did she just say? Like the fifth largest cause of death? Yeah, I don't know. I I never heard that it was a cause of death. That's what she just said. Well, I don't know. What is it? What does it cause you to do? Well, Did, I, I mean, well, I don't know, but it's it's a cause of death. Hold on. The baby boomers are starting to reach the age. Oh, let me just roll that back for a second. Well, now I have to look into this because I, I we don't. I want mean, there's it. too many causes. Of this, the, you know, the number of people. There's causes of death, and if you start doing the math, there's like it's way over a hundred percent. Because this is the cause of death, and that's the cause of death, well, or it causes let's, something let's, else. Let's, to be listen, the, cause listen of death. the way she said it again. In the United States. Oh, sorry, we'll back just a little bit. Hold on. I want to hear this now. This is interesting. At Alzheimer's is now the sixth leading cause of death. Yeah, the sixth leading cause of death. So uh, how? Does make any sense? I thought that was swine flu. Well, <laughs> how could it be Alzheimer's if they were lucky? Well, let's okay. Well, uh, anyway, so uh, while you're looking that up, uh, let's uh, continue with the report because uh, the hit and run driver that killed him uh, came to a very unfortunate end. Himself. A, a huge issue for this country and, and for the rest of the world, and finding a cure is is critical because the baby boomers are starting to reach the age uh, where Alzheimer's can start to hit, and he was determined to find a cure or help find a cure.
Police say 50-year-old David Neesham of Bainbridge Township was behind the wheel of the car that killed Smith. Bizarrely, police tracked down the car and found Neesham dead inside the vehicle. The oh! <laughs> and by the way, that story changed. He was dead inside the vehicle in one report and dead inside his house at another. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's been all over Calls the map. Calls and circumstances surrounding Neesham's death and the accident remain under investigation. Ah. Reached by phone tonight, Smith's wife told me she has received condolence calls. Right. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> Sounds like a pro. Yeah. Mike Zelina, one of our, Sir Mike, actually, one of our producers, uh, put together a whole bunch of links, which are in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Um, and this is indeed, uh, there's a, a different link there where the article says the driver was found dead in his home, but in the video report they're saying he was found dead in his car. Um but uh, when you think about anything that potentially could stop the sixth largest cause of death and how much money is involved in that and someone who is a, a squeaky wheel or a cog in the machine, it, uh, I think sometimes it's uh, easier to kill somebody than to uh, deal with uh, the fallout from it. Oh, uh, there's a new report here. He apparently, the oh, this is great, John. The driver in the car that killed the case died of a drug overdose. <laughs> These guys have no shame, do they? It's, 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 yeah, I guess you, you know, as a pro. Here's the report. Uh, the coroner's office in preliminary, so they're supposed to release, interesting how that always takes weeks to release results, but now it's like they have, oh, preliminary results. Oh, it looks like he died of a drug overdose. In his home after the accident, no uh, word on what the drug over what the drug was that he OD'd on. <sighs> Unbelievable. Hey, if uh, someone uh, hits me with a car and dies of a drug overdose, please, please don't believe it was just a coincidence. Yeah, but I can not believe it's a coincidence. But what am I going to do about it? Stay indoors. <laughs> stay, stay away from windows. You're next. Why is this little red dot on me? We've been tracking uh, the uh, the foots that have been washing up on the on the shore of uh, primarily up there in Washington. Yeah, Puget Sound mostly. Yeah, no agenda foot Also, it's Canada. Canada, that, you know, the shorelines of that area. So there's. Uh, I, I found an article that was sent to me. Um, someone has an explanation. And by the way. We are the only national, international show of any sort. Intergalactic show. Intergalactic show. We're the only people that cover this topic. Well, not only that, but we have a website for it, noagendafoots.com. Yes. And uh, every single foots that has washed, by the way, uh, there's no uh, feats in the plural of foots, uh, that washes up on shore. We're tracking. Now we have uh, Shane Lambert, uh, who is, who is Shane Lambert? Uh, I think uh, some, well, I don't know who this is, but uh, wrote in with an explanation to uh, the Vancouver Sun, and uh, here it is. In my opinion, some of the feet, which should be foots, uh, belong to missing victims of the Asian tsunami from 2004. Oh, bull crap. <laughs> and their feet were just floating on ocean currents. Right, and, and during the tsunami, the one foot just came dislocated and decided to float out the sea and then come all the way across the Pacific and then land in, in, in Vancouver rather than Santa Monica. Give I'm me a break. I'm just telling you, this is, a ser this is, what the, this is serious news here. <laughs> uh, 
oh, there's an update to the story. Apparently, only one of the running shoes found on the foots was of a type not commonly found in North America. It was manufactured in India. So that kind of blows the whole tsunami theory. I mean, how, how can you even believe that a foot will stay good in the water for six years? How do people even publish this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's just like, I don't know. It's like a columnist. Hey, so guess what? I finally saw the movie Iron Man. The first one or the second one? The first one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a little far-fetched. Yeah, uh, what? You mean about a guy who builds a metal <laughs> suit that can fly? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, and your point is? That was it. That's my point. <laughs> That's the one you saw for Christmas? That was your yeah. big family outing? It's the family movie. <laughs> oh, it's great. I also um, I started watching once again. I have to watch. This will be the third time. I don't like to watch movies over and over. Eric loves watching movies a million times, but I rarely watch a movie twice, even though every time I do, I go, that's funny. I don't remember this. But uh, The International is a movie which should be on our list of one, whoever's maintaining the, uh, the media list of movies to watch, re- recommended movies. The International is just such a really nice film that uh, it's about international banking. And, uh, you know, and the corruption involved. Clive Owen and uh, Julia Roberts, I believe. No, it's not Julia Roberts. It's some other... It's not a blonde Julia girl. Roberts? No, it's not. Hmm. It's a blonde woman. Huh. And uh, it's, uh, it's just a very entertaining film. Right. Have you seen it? Yes, yeah, we've discussed it uh, many times. Oh, yeah, we've discussed it again. Discussed well, it's the Alzheimer's times. kicking in. I do want to uh, mention some, something that happened on the, the last show where we were t- uh, I opened up the show with quite a tirade about the Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal, which, of course, is not really a repeal. And um, we've gotten a couple of people saying, You read the wrong bill, you douchebag, you horrible man, you asswipe. You read the wrong bill number. Correct. And this is what's so disappointing, because ironically, people who are yelling, saying, you know, you read the wrong bill, man, they actually haven't read the bill. They haven't read any of the bills. <laughs> they haven't They're read any of it. complaining. Because all I did, I, I gave out the wrong number, but I did read the correct bill. I read the text of the right bill, but I gave out the wrong number. And these people who are saying that I'm horrible and I was wrong, you, you didn't even take the time to do what we try and teach you to do on the show, which is actually read. It's only one page. And luckily, uh, we did get a little bit of news. Uh, Defense Secretary Robert Gates sent a memo. Oh, by the way, troops who thinks that uh, that this has been repealed, uh, I want to remind you that uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell remains in effect until 60 days after the government certifies the military is ready for implementation. <laughs> the Pentagon says it does not know how long the certification process may take. And still everywhere. You watch in the, the, I mean, the, the whole trip is on now about Obama's done these five great things in his first, uh, in the yeah, first yeah, half. Yeah, they're of really his, playing that up. It's right? like he's so great. You and, and even on the White House website, it's like the don't ask, they say it right there. The president signed a bill that repeals don't ask, don't tell. It's just not true. I don't want to get into it again, but it's just not true. And I hope you were able to, to tell some of your relatives and friends this over the, uh, when you were on, you know, Christmas visitation, let them know. That's a big lie. It's a big joke. And then... Uh, also, Lies from the government. Also found this, uh, this funny analysis uh, about the START Treaty. <laughs> and uh, it says... Uh, who... who uh, this was um, Mikhail Margulov, head of Foreign Affairs Committee... 
of the Russian Federation in a television interview said, if you read the text of the START document carefully, it becomes a clear it becomes clear that Americans will be reducing the number of warheads they have, while Russia can up the levels defined by the document. <laughs> this is even better than I thought it was. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I I don't know what the current levels are, but apparently this this guy says, well, hey, why why are we bother signing something like that?" Uh, because it's uh, it's to help. Th- we don't. We talked about this because it's not about protecting anybody. It's about uh, uh, selling particular so types of weapons. Essentially, what we did is we traded some of our weapons so we could have better access to certain markets that the Russians may have yeah. locked down. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. And we and we get to be in the Visa Mastercard business, I guess. Well, they went through a lot of rigmarole to make sure we had Visa and Mastercard uh, access in Russia. Yeah, uh, I mean, we had. There's a bunch of that in the WikiLeaks. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, that's my point. And and then and then how does this work? You get uh, Anna Chapman, who of course is uh, is, is she already in Playboy? She's going to be in Playboy next month, I think, or this coming month. The the hot uh, redheaded Russian the spy. Red, the Russian spy. Yeah. She, well, t- dude, listen to this. <laughs> Ex-Russian spy Anna Chapman made her political debut in Moscow as the leader of a Kremlin-backed youth group. <laughs> How does this work? I don't understand. I want to be a, a Russian spy and then and then get this a is, great. Gig. This is classic. I mean, this is that shows you that the, the intelligence agencies have taken over both these countries. But it's fantastic because first of all, she's in Maxim magazine. Then she gets a job. Uh, she got like some really good gig at a, a university. And now she's the leader of a political party, and she's in Playboy, and she's still hot. This is awesome. Chapman became a media sensation when her glamorous life as a sleeper agent in the U.S. was discovered. I love the little sleeper agent. Uh Sleeper agent. Oh, yeah, sleeper agent. Sleep with me, baby, you sleeper agent. Prime Minister Vladimir Putin defended Chapman and the nine others in the Russian spy ring after they were arrested and expelled from the U.S. Why didn't if they? Why were they expelled? Why didn't we hang them? Why didn't we waterboard them or execute them? Well, they didn't do anything illegal, except for the false papers, and you can't really waterboard people over that. Oh yes, and you I think can. There was a swap. There was a swap. <laughs> Let's face reality. What did we swap? What did we get in return? I don't. You see don't any- know. It was obviously something nobody wanted to talk about. Well. Uh, Maybe this. Is, so we we swapped and we still have less nuclear warheads. I don't get it. Well, I'm, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. But I'm sure we're somehow. Generally speaking, we come out ahead on these deals, so I'm not too concerned about it. Oh, I know. Oh, I get it. She gets to return to Russia, and we get pictures of her in Playboy. That's how we win. Yay! <laughs> That's a win-win for everyone. You also promised them jobs back home. The attractive 28-year-old has profited from her celebrity. She won a consulting job at a Russian bank. Uh, uh, Not a university, a bank. Consulting job at a bank. Uh, (laughs) Consulting job at a bank. Hey, Anna. um, How much room you got under that desk? Anna, come over here. We we want you in this meeting. (laughs) Hey, Anna was on the, on the, the calendar as a resource you could book. It's like a conference room. Oh, I want. Um, Anna's busy. Damn. I wanted her in my meeting because she's so so fun to look at. And appeared in a lingerie photo shoot for a magazine. <laughs> now, as the face of Mola- do you notice how women, even in Russia, do that woo thing? Woo! Isn't that kind of weird? That's like the, like well, they, they all- obviously picked it up from uh, American from movies. Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, but just listen, and Oprah Winfrey. It's, yeah, it's like. Uh, 
It's whenever. It's usually when women drink. Scream. It's a. It's a banshee. It's, it's kind a, of. But it's a drink thing. Whenever they're like, we're gonna drink. Yeah. Woo! We're gonna drink. Woo! You never hear guys go like that. Hey man, let's go have a beer. Yeah! Hey, woo! let's have a beer. <laughs> I never hear that. But it's. You know what I mean. Yeah, play it again. It's like this Chelsea Lately thing, and uh, there's all there's a big thing with with women drinking that I don't women know, drinking and howling. Yeah, woo! Let's drink. Woo! Now, as the woo! case of Moradaya Guardia, that you. Woo! I finally saw that full clip of the uh, the Oprah Winfrey giveaway. Yeah, one of my most favorite things. Wow, wow, that's pretty. Bill Maher used that as his uh, Christmas uh, card. Yeah, he blasted her. Yeah. But it was unbelievable. Just women just going nuts over stuff, and and Oprah look, looking like she's completely insane. <laughs> yeah, and we picked up the National Enquirer, the uh, in bankruptcy now, and uh, yeah, which makes no sense to anybody no. since it's a, it's obviously a. I don't know what the deal is with that bankruptcy. Uh, maybe maybe the, maybe the agencies don't have enough control over uh, it. I don't know. It's not going anywhere. Um, regardless. Uh, they, they're still saying that Oprah's gay. They're not having it. Oh, they are? Yeah. Yeah, they're not mm-hmm. having any of her explanation. There's like the real truth. And yeah, let's face it. When it comes to this stuff, these guys are always kind of right. No, the Inquirer is notorious for being right, even though they pay. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is they're always right, and they, but the mainstream media won't give them any kudos for it because, because, because it's, they're unethical because they will pay sources for information you know the way the way the cop pays the uh you know the boot black you know five bucks so i can find out what's going on around the corner uh so they but the fact of the matter is and everybody in the writing community and journalists generally speaking all know that the inquirer is incredibly uh I mean, they have been sued when they've been wrong, but their their, their track record is actually pretty oh, it's phenomenal. Fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, they're the ones who busted great. Edwards before anyone had a clue. They had Al Gore, the sex poodle. They had Al Gore. Yeah, they have. They get these they guys. I mean, it's, they it, got we, all this stuff. Yeah. They get it. Then. Do you think Oprah's compromised? By the way, do you think she's compromised? I mean, uh, she, she's probably not compromised. That's where they're going after right, her. Right. Right. She's trying to hang on to every little because she's going to do this Oprah, this own Oprah's Women's Network, and uh, I think that's you know. She's also got so much money that she's an obvious target for a lot of, you know, evil people. Yeah, like the the Hollywood whackers. Yeah, it's possible. Even though she's, you know, I think she's out of Chicago. Yeah, no, but the Hollywood whackers is where they whack. Well, she should stay out of Hollywood. Yeah. Especially Beverly Hills. It's dangerous. So we digress. We digress. <laughs> We've brought, fallen off the track. For we have a change. Totally, That's yeah. good. People need to see that once in a while. Um, well, I, I got, well, here I just a, a little break. I got a, I got a uh, oldie buddy goodie. Just tell me, guess who this person has played memorable scream real quick? Oh, I, I already know. I don't even have to listen to know who it is. And then we're going to Washington D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! <laughs> that was Howard Dean. <laughs> It was the scream that uh, that killed the campaign. They said, "Yeah, well, his campaign was dead in the water at the time, but that really killed it." 
You know, I remember when the Howard Dean, Howard Dean was interesting because he was the first uh, internet candidate where they'd actually, right. Joe Trippi and these guys had put together yeah. Yeah. an amazing, because this guy was on the cover of Time Magazine. He was going to be the, I mean, he was just, he had he was on the right track and heading out. So I got to, I watched him when he first, when, when he killed himself, when he showed up on, on talk shows, when he came to the Letterman show, I'm sorry, the, the Leno show, he came out, his tie, I swear to God, was down to his knees. He had this big red tie down to his knees, and he, all it was missing was a red nose and a, and a and, you know and maybe the tie lights up, and I mean he looked like a clown and he clumped out and he was just goofy and he was trying to be funny you know which wasn't you know you never saw the guy. He just he got can't. written out. He got written out of the script. That's no, it. he wrote that, himself out of the script. He was not he was not electable. No. Anyway. Okay, why do you bring that up? Is it any particular reason or I was well, no I was thinking of doing a retrospective of the. <laughs> last year no agenda shows based on clips and then i came up with this clip i said this clip is four or five what is this clip eight years old yeah, how old is yeah, this clip yeah uh, yeah eight years anyway and so, so yeah, I, you got stuck on that you just kept it playing in a loop and that was it and you never I couldn't i had to play it i because we never played that clip on the show never moved any I further felt the desire to play the clip <laughs> all right a couple things from around gitmo nation uh let's see uh, this is uh kind of interesting there's, there's kind of a war going on in the southern part of Gitmo Nation lowlands. And uh, I'm not quite sure how this works, but now in uh, Maastricht, which is way down at the bottom that kind of borders on uh, France, um, if you look at the uh, the map there, you can see Belgium is all kind of all interconnected down there at the bottom of the lowlands. Uh, the EU courts have now um, uh, approved, I think I told you about this, about the weed license, the pass. So if you're a foreigner and you come across the border and want to buy weed in a coffee shop in the lowlands down there in the south, they they can refuse you service because you're a foreigner, which is really weird because these are supposed to be states now, like the United States. What? Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're banning that. I mean, the, the whole thing is, of what course, is the foreigner. I mean, do they mean foreigner? French. If you're French. French. Yeah, French. You're from Belgium. Oh, sorry. You, what if you're from the United States? Completely out of the question. But that's the only reason these places are in business. Exactly, because a bunch of wannabe stoners from the United exactly. States showing up, and the well, England actually. But yeah, there's something else going on down there. I mean, I'm not quite sure what's happening, but this is being used as the excuse. Uh, but now, if you want to buy weed, now you have to have some kind of pass. Mm. You have to have a weed pass. You have to be a registered a weed registered smoker. Weed. Yeah, well, that's like California. In fact, yeah, it's, that's it, true. weed is more legal in California than, than it is in the Netherlands. I have to keep reminding people of this. There is no, it is not legal in the Netherlands. It is not legal. Uh, barring foreigners, uh, maybe a, a weird victory for Dutch border towns. Maastricht alone sees 10,000 visitors a day, mostly from Belgium, Germany, and France. The number of those visitors who come primarily to purchase marijuana, uh, and of course pot isn't all they purchase, Income tax and revenues from border city coffee shops are likely to decline precipitously. Yeah, duh. Great reporting. Precipitously, uh, I think, is the word. Yeah, that's what I meant. But that's kind of weird, though. Uh, and this is part of just removing it all together, I guess. Because you can't have one country um, it, it, amongst all the states in the union there. We do that but here. We got California. They got their own weed laws. Yeah, but our president doesn't do haikus. 
Yeah. In other words, they're, they're not doing this right. They're not doing it as a republic. They're doing it as a giant Nazi state. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. that's different. Yeah. So it shouldn't even be called the United States of Europe because there's no, they're not states anymore. They're, they're, well, they, they, oh, they're getting pretty close on some stuff. In uh, Gitmo Nation East, uh, they are, uh, <laughs> they're ready to roll out the slave jewelry. So if you thought see something, say something uh, was, was weird, how about chipping granny? This is an actual product in, uh, in the U.K., it's called Chipping Granny? It's called Buddy. This. It's called Buddy. <laughs> buddy? Yeah, I have a listen. Darling, I'm fine. Okay, bye now. Is that your daughter now? Yes. She means well, but ever since I had that fool, she does nothing but ring and check up on me. You need a buddy. A buddy? Oh, good. All's fine with Mom. How do you know? I bought her a buddy. A what? This is amazing. It protects me day and night, and it stops Lucy from worrying about me. If Mum has a fall or doesn't get home safe, Buddy tells me straight away exactly where she is. <laughs> well done, Lucy. You always were the clever sister. Oh. I think it's time I got a buddy. We all have people we worry about. Find out how Buddy could help give peace of mind for you and for those you love. Visit buddy.co.uk. And they're actually uh, sitting there at the kitchen table... Uh, looking at a map, tracking grandma with her buddy. <laughs> I think we could sell that product here and make a, make some serious money. If, if the patent's already owned probably by BI Incorporated. Well, you get you obviously have to get you know a license. I mean, you can't you know, just <laughs> this do is a the, you, scratch. This is the new I've fallen, I can't get up uh, oh, yeah. thing. It's great. That's great. And by the way, speaking of tracking, so nice to see that NORAD, our... Uh, our Aviation defense system is able to track a mythical fat guy in a red suit flying with on a sleigh with reindeer. It can't seem to uh, report and or uh, do anything about uh, jet airliners supposedly hijacked by uh, a Muslim terrorists on 9/11. It's fascinating how that works. It's it's such an insult after 9/11 that they actually still go through the motions of oh we're tracking Santa on the satellite on NORAD. Yes. We're so cool. See, that's about all you track is phantom stuff. I wish they would track uh, Bin Laden. Yeah, well, precisely. It's so I think we should get deplorable. to our uh, uh, contributors. Okay. Uh, but, and your, your Skype is breaking up for some reason. Um, I don't know. I have no problem here. Okay. So we want to thank some people who donated to the show for this week. And... Uh, Let's get right to it. We have a number of uh, members of the Five by One Club, the one hundred who gave us one hundred eleven dollars and eleven cents, and every and, the, and a couple of them have names that are completely unpronounceable. Right, this including our friend from Belgium, from Vorst, Belgium, Bas Bruninkiks. <laughs> Let me try this for you, Bras Bas Bruninkiks. Brunings. There you go. Brownings? Brownings is probably closer to it. Bus Brownings from Forst in Belgium. Bus Brownings. Say it. Say it with me now. Bros Brownings. Very good. Member of the uh, five, five by one club. And then uh, from Yardley, Pennsylvania, we got Brad Doherty, which is, all, which, is which is spelled Doherty, which is what we, I had a guy named Brian Doherty. He's a famous uh, guy in the tech business and but Doherty's one way of pronouncing it get a he's got a bonus this year so he gave us 111 dollars 11 cents giving you guys some of it my name is pronounced Doherty hmm. uh, also Peter Totes in uh, Sugarland Texas 111 dollars 11 cents Stephen Cogswell in Russagonis New Brunswick Canada 
Uh, hi, John and Adam. Although I'm a douchebag and know it, I don't deserve a de-douching. Oh. Instead, I'm donating in order to get some karma for my friend Tim Morris. Who? Oops, sorry. Sorry. Let's go. No, go ahead. Tim Morris. friend Tim Morris, who is not a douchebag and has a great podcast called Appy Times, A-P-P-Y-T-I-M-E-S. You can find it uh, on iTunes, and he's got a, a long uh, URL. Best of luck in 2011. Uh, so let's give Tim a... Uh, a bit karma. of karma, sure. You've got karma. Let me do this one because uh, we've been mispronouncing his name consistently, and I think we can do it properly. Uh, also a member of the 5 by one Club, the $111.11, is Pate Sneakus. That's how you pronounce it, John. Pate, Pate Sneakus. Yeah. This is exactly what I was going to say. From uh, Amsterdam, the Netherlands. He says he switched from a $50 a month donation to $111 a month to get to his knighthood faster. So he's, he's going full on. He's, he's actually going to do this as a monthly, which I, is so nice and so appreciated. Uh, yeah. He wants to get to his knighthood and uh, he'd like us to mention uh, readdiet.com, which is his no-agenda-inspired uh, diet. Not an actual diet, just a way to be more aware of the crap you are eating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is nice. Pate Sneakus. Pate. Thanks, Pate. Uh, Chris Crocker in Rockaway, New Jersey, uh, last member of the 5 by one Club. Merry Christmas. Good luck with uh, not smoking, crackpot. And to the Buzzkill wake-up, uh, to the chemtrail travesty. <laughs> Enjoy the Talking Points memo. Hope this helps. Yeah, we'll get another Talking Points memo out as soon as we can. Julian Collins and Carl, Carl Shulton, Carl Shulton, Surrey. Um, UK seventy five seventy two listening since episode one first donation apart from three uh, X challenge coins which I look forward to receiving the donation represents one cent for each kilometer of Saudi Arabia's coastline. <laughs> you that's know, an odd, that's that, an interesting uh, numerology uh, donation there. Yeah, that is odd. Uh, Stephen Howard, uh, maybe it's code. Stephen Howard, uh, uh, Melbourne, Australia, $70. Kenneth Keelholz, one of our regulars, Hamilton, Ohio, $69. Uh, like, he's like to hear that, I guess. Brandon Keir, Langley, B.C., uh, British Columbia, 66.66. After a great year, I have little karma to spare. Please forward some karma to Eric DeShill. Ah, oh, he deserves that for sure. Here you go, Eric. You've got karma. Always happy to give some karma to Eric, who has worked very hard on uh, getting all the coin stuff sorted out, and uh, it's highly appreciated. Thomas Lees, Halifax, West Yorkshire, UK, fifty-five, fifty-five. Merry Christmas. Please continue to expose the sovereignty-sucking socialists of the EU and their quest to take over Europe using the power of bureaucracy. And the power of the haiku. All those who listen without <laughs> donating should stop being such wankers. Hmm. We have DUI-help.com, Barry Wilson, Sir Barry Wilson, Sir Joshua Dale, uh, Lee Donaghy, a Great Yarmouth, uh, Norfolk, United Kingdom, all $50. Um, Lee's giving it because he's working over Christmas. Peter Totes, Sugarland, Texas, $50. Uh, a tip-top website, our pal. Our pal Dan. Dan, Dan. Uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Give it a good work. Yeah, I know what I heard uh, you talk about Perth today. 20 years ago, I used to be around the world as a party guest to extremely wealthy people. Fly around as a party guest. I'm sorry. I spent a month in Perth 
uh, over the weekend. No, he didn't. It's an old joke. <laughs> Spent a month in Perth, and Perth and the people there are amazing. Hey, how do I get a job as a uh, as a party guest for wealthy people? That sounds yeah, like a gig. We should. Uh, we would be great at that, John. Don't you think? I think so. We could. We could. We uh, could entertain for hours. It's like, oh, old tales. bring out the crackpot and buzzkill. Oh. <laughs> <Give me, laughs> finally, finally, $50 from George Vanderhorst. Give me and, more uh, wine. Cats Hovel. Cats Hovel. Cats uh, Hovel. Uh, uh, Holland. Yeah, George Vanderhorst. And uh, Rory Stone uh, warns us once again to check and see if your monthly donations are still registered with uh, PayPal. They... Uh, they disappear and you get unsubscribed with uh, alarming regularity okay I, got, I, I forgot to mention two more checks that came in i want to mention these guys professor pete zah uh contributed a hundred dollars in princeton new jersey and also uh john tucker uh, 8843 and he is from omaha home of uh, warren buffett uh, he wants a special thanks for delivering the ten 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 coins. The coin is very impressive, and I'm glad I bought one. Uh, unfortunately, the open source nature of the project fell through, but you guys showed class and came through for us. No agendas. Uh, to show my thanks, I've enclosed a check for eighty eight forty three. The amount represents thirty three thirty three for the price of the coin. Since you didn't receive what you thought you would receive as a profit from the coin, I'm giving you hundred percent of the profit as a way of thanking you for keeping your word. The balance of 5510 is my second installment toward the No Agenda Knighthood as a sysadmin. So he's a computer guy. I want to thank them all for donating. And I want to thank uh, C. Mike from Kansas City, Missouri, who uh, has, I, I missed him in our PR segment. Uh, Adam, the following domains have been registered and are pointing at noagendashow.com, www.aqusa.org. www.aqusa.net and then uh, he thinks the gift shop should go at uh, aq-usa.com so uh, I think that's groovy (laughs) yeah well if we weren't on a list before we are now oh we're totally on a list you know (laughs) so I love it so we do have one obligation to play the national anthem and I think we should I'm very happy to do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. You know how it works. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. Sing along. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships and seas from the east to west down under to the lowlands and beyond we are happy and distracted slaves here I get nation song You got to do them all. There we go. We've been running short on the uh, in the morning sting. A little bit. So uh, New Zealand. Uh, Wait, before you go there, I want to mention that people can help us out for the next show by going to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, or the noagendashow.com site, and click on the donation buttons here or there. And maybe in the new year we should revisit once again why we've chosen for this model and how well it works because the best part about it is you can fast forward. 
Um, however, it turns out very few people do that. Because no, they just complain that we, t- we thank too many people. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. I, I think, you know, we did two and a half hours on Thursday. We really, because we had extra donation, went extra long. I think we, we put in the work. We get, uh, we get the information out there. And we're really we just still try- do a two-hour show no matter what. Yeah. And we're still, all we're trying to do is just help everyone think a little bit for themselves and not just take everything the media says. However, this next report, uh, I will completely swallow as true. Uh, as New Zealand, I know where this is. I already know where this. What, what you're going to do? <laughs> the New Zealand uh, uh. Defense uh, Forces uh, released 2,000 pages of files on UFOs dating back as far as the early 1950s, and there's some crazy ass stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> Actual drawings of the UFOs, and this it's great because now there's like a there's like a fake WikiLeaks. Um, cable that's floating around now as well, talking about a UFO base uh, south of New Zealand. Yeah, near Antarctica. Yeah, and yeah. and and by the way, it is that is a fake WikiLeaks cable. This is the problem. Not- Which you predicted, by the way. I'm oh, going to give you that one. It's so easy. I mean, we're going to get tons of these now. Yeah, ton- fake WikiLeaks. Tons yeah. of these fake WikiLeaks things. It's it's very easy for disinformation, and where all of this leads towards is Project Bluebeam. I have completely changed my course, although I still believe that, you know, there's obviously the mothership is coming. Eventually, it will arrive. But this is all part of Project Bluebeam. Please you know, Google that. I'm thinking that it would be, you know, what hasn't happened yet is a really outstanding, and I think maybe we should do this or somebody who listens to the show should do this, a really outstanding WikiLeaks hoax. Oh, dude. But the, I'm talking one that catches on. It that really catches? On the well, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Yeah, so we have to think about, we have to come up with a topic and, and something believable. So what are people usually interested in? Royalty? I think, I think, I think we should come up with some, somebody had a sex change. <laughs> no, that's, no, no, Somebody no, no. unexpected is no, actually a woman. No, that's not, it's not even funny. It is funny. No, it's not funny. If it was Obama, it would be funny. No, it's not funny. No, it's, it's got to be something that you're right. It's, but first of all, why are we going to do this? Just to prove a point that we can? Well, April's coming up. Mm. I just think it'd be fun. I don't I think, think, I think there's going anything. To, I think there's going to be enough uh, fake WikiLeaks reports out there that we're not going to have to do much. It's... it's Unfortunately, just no one ever comes out at the end and says, ha-ha, just fooling. <laughs> but if you go to um, George Washington University, they have something called the Electronic Briefing Books. And this is the National Security Archive Electronic Briefing Books. I put this link in the show notes uh, at com because this actually provides declassified records... Uh, on issues including U.S. national security, foreign policy, diplomatic military history. Uh, they have, they've got microfiche collections. If you really want some WikiLeaks, if you really want some information that is interesting, go to this site. It's more interesting than the WikiLeaks stuff. I swear to God. Huh. They've got um, just what is some of the headline stuff they got here. Newly declassified documents disclose Carter administration's unsuccessful efforts to roll back Islamabad's secret nuclear program. It's the same thing as WikiLeaks. Uh, Cold War air defense relied upon widespread dispersal of nuclear weapons documents show. 
Justin De- Department censors Nazi hunting story. I mean, it's better than WikiLeaks, and it's it's stuff that has just been obtained under freedom of information uh, requests at George huh. Washington University. It's great stuff. Well, I'm going to start looking through it. You should. You did, I thought you were going to go, instead of going in this direction, I thought you were going to talk about the, the, the space wars taking place outside of Antarctica. Well, that's what I, that's fake. This started over at, uh, Sorsha Fall wrote that. I mean, I followed this stuff. And then, uh, who picks it up? Uh, the EU knew some, like... Yeah, so the EU, is, I know, it's a terrible article. Yeah, but, but they steal it from, uh, what does okay. it, what All does right. it, no, it, it starts at, go to whatdoesitmean.com. I, mean, I, I like the fact that you, you do segment these things, so you have the real UFO stories you have as to. you see them, and the fake ones, which is this one, as a which U- is quite funny, though. As I, a UFO uh, aficionado, it's very important to be able to segregate the fake stuff. Now, that's not to say that the Nazis didn't actually have flying saucers on the South Pole uh, at the end of the Second World War, because they did. They did have flying saucer technology, but this is... This is, this, is, this is part of the Project Blue Beam written by, you know, these disinformationists who are, I think, uh, Russian-connected. Russian it's bullcrap. However, some stuff is real, <laughs> just not this. This is not the real stuff. It's just not it. I can't believe you'd think I'd fall for that, John. I'm not saying anything. I never said you'd fall for it. I mean, you believe in there's a Stargate in the Gulf of Aden? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you just... Oh, yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. That's no problem. Oh, yeah. No, Thumbs up to that one. So, um, it's been three weeks now since uh, Mickey and I stopped smoking. Uh, very proud of that, not to dwell on it. But, of course, one of my motivating factors was the fact that our president... And it came out... John, three weeks ago, I had a sound clip of Robert Gibbs being queried about the president smoking, and he was like, oh, uh, 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 right? Yeah. Because the guy's still smoking. So, of course, I, I use this on the show, and you know someone's got to be listening, and they said, oh, man, you know, we got to get this guy off the smoking thing. We, we got to like put some information out there that he stopped smoking, even though he hasn't. Uh, let's set this up, because you know the, there's chatter. There's chatter about the president smoking, so he gets asked a question in the uh, Ministry of Truth briefing. The Surgeon General this morning told one of our correspondents uh, when asked about the president's smoking habits, quote, he's working very hard to stop. He's been working very hard at it. So my question is, how hard has he been working at it? What's he doing? Uh, I have... Uh, I have... Uh, Listen to all the stuttering. I have... Uh, I have... Uh, uh, I have not seen or witnessed evidence of uh, um, any smoking in probably uh, nine months. <laughs> what? How much of a lie is this? Three weeks ago, he's saying the guy smokes, and now he's like, I have not uh, witnessed any evidence of uh, smoking for nine months. <laughs> Is it unbelievable? You know, I think if the guy's a smoker, he yeah. should just come out on the podium, Obama, and light one up and smoke it. 
You got to listen to. You got to. Was he ashamed of himself? I mean, that he's got to. You know, he could. Yeah. He could probably do more to stop people from smoking by saying, "Look, this is terrible. This stuff." I mean, one of the things that the president can do is he sets a sort of moral tone for the nation. If he could just say, "Look, this is the stupidest thing," I or say or say, "Hell, this is great. I love smoking because I get nervous in this job," and let everybody go back to smoking. I mean, it's just like, what's the point well, of Robert, this? Well, so Robert this Gibbs, charade. Robert Gibbs actually touches on all of these points you just ha- you have to understand that now he's he starts off by lying saying well i have not uh, he actually sticks his tongue out a couple times which is always the uh, the sign of a liar the snake he sticks his tongue out and um uh, i have not seen any evidence like the president has been smoke free for nine months we're so proud of him no i have not seen any uh, evidence He's been hiding the evidence from me. So, th- so not only is the president lying to his wife, to his kids, to everybody, but this guy is lying for him. And then he's going to continue on and just keep in the back of your mind, he's, he's, everything he says about not smoking means the president is smoking, and he talks about why he's smoking. And just listen to it. It's deplorable. Um, <laughs> any smoking in probably... Uh, uh, no, probably... Nine months. Oh. You know that he's working at it. Has he talked to you about that? Yes. What's he saying? Um, he's, uh, look, this is, uh, look, 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 look. hear me look. out now. Look, hey, look. hey, hey, look, look. This is not, I mean, I think you've heard him say this. This is, uh, this is not something that he's, uh, proud of. He knows that, uh, so he hasn't stopped because it, 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 otherwise he would be proud, wouldn't he, John? I don't, so he's not he, no evidence either no, he stopped yeah, smoking no, he's or hasn't still stopped smoking because he, and he's not proud of being a smoker yeah but but Gibbs is saying I haven't seen any evidence of him smoking in no, nine what, months what that means he hasn't seen an ashtray filled with butts thank you it's not good for him he knows that it's uh, he doesn't like it uh, he doesn't he doesn't like children to know about it obviously including <laughs> his children aka those little people I have to speak to <laughs> But I think he has. Uh, I think he has worked extremely hard. Oh, shut up, your BlackBerry. Um, I think he would tell you even when, uh, uh, in the midst uh, of uh, listen, a tax agreement and a start deal, and all the other things that accumulate, that uh, even where he might have once found some comfort in that, he's. Uh, He's uh, he's pushed it away. So what a liar! What a lying sack! It, it, you know he had the start deal and he had the you know tax deal and all that, and he's pushed it away. He's pushed it away. He's pushed the, the ashtrays under the couch. On some comfort in that, he's uh, he's uh, he's pushed it away. So ah. um, he understands uh, he understands its dangers, and I think his uh, hey. Hey Gibbs, a lot of why doesn't somebody work? ask this guy? Hey, I don't want the president on edge, needing a smoke and pushing it away when he should be reading these documents and be relaxing a little bit. It, you know, smokers don't necessarily uh, respond well, don't you think? What? <laughs> Besides you, what's the problem? <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry, man. It's you know, it's not easy, right? It's just not easy. It really is not easy. Every- but you're not under the stress of a president of the United States. What, 
kind of stress is that? Read the it's prompter. It's got to be a stressful job. People are throwing, Please. making you sign things with many, many pens. <laughs> this is what, oh, my God. There's so many pens. I need a smoke. <gasps> oh, the first lady's waiting for Bill Clinton has to speak because I have to go to the Christmas party. The first lady's waiting for me. I need a smoke. Uh, I have to read it. I have to read to these kids. Twas the night before Christmas. Saint Nick, aka Santa Claus. I need a smoke. Ka. I need a smoke. That's a classic. You got to send me that clip. I want to put it into the big clip show. I need a smoke. Oh, come on, man! How hard is that? I could do that gig. I know I could. I yeah. know. I know I could. Well, you could do as good a job. Probably. I need a smoke. Makes me doesn't make you feel good to say that though. I need smoke. Funny. So uh, I got a clip on the uh, the CBS Homegrown Terrorism Report. If you oh, want to nice! Yes, four people stiff. Oh, I, I, I'm very interested in uh, terrorism that happens in das Hinterland. Wow, six yeah. minutes. Have we not played this? No, we didn't play it. It was the, we had it. To, I oh, was queued up, it? but we never played it. Well, let's let's say we listen. Should we listen to uh, the home terror? I, I'm into some home terrorism. Yeah, we need to talk it up. With the holidays here, President Obama's top counterterrorism advisor tried to reassure the public today it is safe to travel. John Brennan said law enforcement... Oh, this, this is the guy who didn't know that uh, London, they had arrested uh, 12 people in London. Well, he knows it's safe to travel. <laughs> and intelligence agencies are doing all they can to prevent oh. a terror attack. More and more often, the seeds of terror are being planted right here. So tonight, we put homegrown terror... In focus. It's the day after Thanksgiving in Portland, Oregon, and you have upwards of 10,000 people packed into the city's main square. So you have families, you have little kids, people are singing Christmas carols. Well, what they don't know is that someone actually planned to blow the event up. His goal is to either kill or injure every single person. That Unbelievable. This is unbelievable how this is being reported. <laughs> Isn't that great? The guy didn't plan to blow it up. The FBI said, hey, kid, <laughs> dial this number and something will go boom. Even and planning. by the way, they, 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 they leveled two World Trade Center buildings and, and killed 3,500. This guy's going to kill 10,000 at a, at a Christmas tree ceremony? I don't think so. With a van. With a van. Yeah. yeah. A covert FBI sting operation may have foiled the plot to bomb downtown Portland, but the fallout... It's unbelievable. Foiled a plot. No, they made the plot. They came yeah, up they with the idea and told the kid, do you want to do it? This is ah, it's unbelievable. And then, I knew this would get you. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> then, and, they were, and, and unfortunately, the recording broke when they were uh, setting the kid up for the first time. Yeah, well, you know, oh, things, well. Uh, things, I had a malfunction. Yeah, so, it's, like that, it's like Curry set up. Your shit doesn't work either, Curry. You know, you know how it is. You know, when the Mac crashes, well, that happened to us. From last month's attempt reveals an emerging terrorist threat. Homegrown in the U.S. Yeah, homegrown uh, and fed by the FBI. This is a 19-year-old American teenager, and at some point, he basically became radicalized enough to want to blow up tens of thousands of people in what essentially was his hometown. Since September 11th, 58 Americans and foreigners living here legally have been implicated in plots against the U.S. They've tried to carry out 11 acts this year alone. 
individuals Whoa. prepared Woo-hoo. to carry out terrorist acts uh, are in this country. Al-Qaeda today is much more sophisticated than what the general American population thinks. They think about Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan with uh, turbans and AK-47s Kalashnikovs on their shoulders. Nothing has spread Al-Qaeda's reach like the Internet with its vast network of websites targeting disaffected Muslims. Hey, John, where are these vast uh, networks of websites that they never link to and I can never find? Uh, They're out there. There's va- they're vast and they're out there and they're on the interlinks. <laughs> they're vast. <laughs> and they're vast. They're va- it's vast. It's chilling and vast. What was once taught at a training camp can now be learned online. It's tough to find somebody that is working maybe out of their uh, basement in Kansas or Missouri and uh, self-radicalizing. It wasn't that long ago that when there was a terrorist attack. Hold on. Self-radicalizing? Oh, I'm glad you caught that one. Self-radicalizing. Yeah. What is that? Is that like... That means you, you, like you're just a normal porn? person. You're walking down the street. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then you, you hey, go on I, the internet and I, you watch one of these videos and the next thing you go, wow. I've got this a, is, Oh, no. This is awesome. <laughs> I, have to, I have to radicalize myself because this is bad what's going on, what they're telling me, what these, what these goofballs are telling me, if you can even find one of these sites. And so you become a, a homegrown Homegrown terror terrorist. Wow, this is again like I bitched about in the last uh, show. Uh, this is a uh, our government turning Americans against Americans. That's all this is, and this is uh, something no, that people should no, be concerned about. No, no, no. This is Americans doing it to themselves. Sisters are doing it for themselves. We are self radicalizing. It's kind. It's kind of like uh, terror masturbation. Oh, I gotta self-radicalize. Oh, this Al Qaeda. You know the, the, so the awesome. term is interesting because it 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 harks. Uh, it has like it it kind of has impl- you know the the word self-actualization. Yeah, is a, uh, a hippy dippy uh, new age term that came about, and, and self-actualization is like a good. Th- so it's self-radical, you know, the self, you know, doing it for yourself kind of thing. Uh, it has a. It has some. It's catchy. I think it's a. I think yeah, it's a it's good. A, it's an emancipation. I think it's a good term. I think it's a good catchy Self-radical- term. Self radicalization. Yeah, I think it's a good term. I, I mean, it's bogus, and I don't think it's going on uh, any more than self actualization is going on. It's just you know total BS. <laughs> it's funny, but uh, I love it. <laughs> it works. It's a great term. Yeah. Let's listen to the rest of this. This is really uh, really good. We were. Oh, talking by the way, stop. About- stop. Sorry. During the, the one thing you don't get to see in the audio clip is that all the while they're showing this, this six minute, which is almost the entire news show on, on CBS, they, they put up the words. So there'll be a black, black screen with self radicalization. Oh, it's, it's, in it's mind like control. PowerPoints. Right. It's, power. it's like PowerPoints on the show. So <laughs> and, and, and every point they, they bring this up. Boom. And do they okay. show pictures of guys in turbans? Yeah. Yeah. They got all the, all the B roll is all over the place. It's outrageous. I love this. CBS, right? CBS rocks. Something that was hatched by someone in a cave overseas. Now, often we're talking about people from Connecticut. Well, <laughs> earlier plots were like... Wait, Connecticut? That's that one guy from Connecticut. The guy who tried to blow up his van in Times Square was from Connecticut. So now they're making everybody in Connecticut a potential terrorist. He wasn't from Connecticut. He was, he was, he was from, like, uh, Yemen, wasn't he? 
No, he lived in Connecticut. He was like a he was a stockbroker or something. He was just that that he was a goofball guy who lived in Connecticut. Self radicalized Connecticutian. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you can count on him every single time. Right on sleeper cells, American terrorists are increasingly acting as lone wolves who can easily blend in. Another good one. A lone wolf that can blend in. <laughs> nice. Can't be stopped. Nice. I'm blending in. No one can see me. The terror is amongst you. It is invisible. Be afraid. You sit down and you talk to counterterrorism folks, and the one thing they fear the most is a terrorist with what they call a golden passport, a U.S. passport. A perfect example, Times Square bomber Faisal Shahzad. What makes it difficult uh, in tracking Shahzad, he was, you know, he was just an average guy with a family in Connecticut. And what makes it more difficult for a guy <laughs> like him is... He's, he's free to go around looking for targets. In 9-11, the, the, the focus, the goal was, was massive casualties. What we're seeing now are these smaller, more frequent attacks on so-called soft targets. Theaters, stadiums, restaurants. Oh yeah, didn't I read somewhere that uh, the government is now warning us that uh, Al-Qaeda, AQ'd to the U.S. to the A., that they're going to be poisoning uh, well, there was buffet. The poison yeah, that be poisoning food. Uh, no, it didn't catch any legs, right? It didn't, it didn't catch, catch any. any they, they, let me mention something else. They, the the little line in there that was disconcerting to me was they the American citizens. Are, you know, they're talking about this guy, but they're, they're essentially talking about all Americans. That means you, means me, and in a disparaging way with this with this specific line, free. To look for targets. Yeah, let me, let's just roll that back. I do want to hear that. Let's see. They're free. In other words, you're free. Once you're self-radicalized, you're free to roam around looking for targets. Yeah, this is my hobby. This is like we, we should. Nobody should be free in that regard. Then. Yeah, it's my hobby. Here we go. Is much more sophisticated than what the general American population thinks. They think about Al Qaeda in Afghanistan with uh, turbans and AK-47s or Kalashnikovs on their shoulders. Right. We already got Nothing all that. has spread Al Qaeda's reach like the internet with its vast network of websites targeting disaffected Muslims. What was once taught at a training camp can now be. What is that in the background? Is that the guys talking in the cave? Yeah. It was some, it's a, some YouTube video. <laughs> that makes it sound authentic, though, doesn't it? Oh, my God, they're radicalizing as we speak. Look at them, honey, honey, honey. That's radicalization going on in the cave. We learned online. It's tough to find somebody that is working maybe out of their uh, basement in Kansas or Missouri. Kansas. Notice Kansas. Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Kansas or Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a reason they're saying that. There's a reason for that. And uh, self-radicalizing. It wasn't. Oh, I hear the tapping on the keyboard. That sounds like you, John, hitting the keyboard. You're <laughs> self-radicalizing your, in your basement there. That long ago, that when there was a terrorist attack, we were talking about uh, something that was hatched by someone in a cave overseas. Now, often we're talking about people from Connecticut. While earlier plots relied on sleeper cells, American terrorists are increasingly acting as lone wolves who can easily blend in. You sit down and you talk to counterterrorism folks, and the one thing they fear the most is a terrorist with what they call a golden passport, a U.S. passport. A perfect example, Times Square bomber Faisal Shahzad. What makes it difficult uh, in tracking Shahzad, he was, you know, he was just an average guy with a family in Connecticut. And what makes it more difficult for a guy like him is 
he's he's free to go around looking for targets. In 9/11, the 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 wow. focus, the goal was was massive casualties. What we're seeing now are these smaller, more frequent attacks on so-called soft targets: theaters, stadiums, restaurants, hotels. This death by a thousand cuts. Many death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, now that's another. That's a meme, by the way. Uh, I have seen and heard it a lot recently, and it is based on some Chinese proverb or something, and or Japanese, and uh, it's starting to crop up a lot. They're using that as the rationale for cracking down on on you know our basic freedoms, essentially. Death by a thousand cuts. Self-radicalized today. Many of the suspects picked up in American terror plots have seemed to even embrace American culture before becoming radicalized. When you look at the picture of Shazad in Times Square with his friends, uh, it's a photo that a lot of Americans have in their own homes. It's a photo of them as a tourist with their friends. How did that person, who looks like anyone I know, how did they wind up putting a bomb in a car in Times Square? In 2001, there were just over 3,000 local, state, and federal organizations working in counterterrorism. Today, there are more than 4,000 across the country. Most agree they've been successful in keeping terrorists from coming into the country. But recent plots have exposed weakness in the system. The luck that we've had so far is that some of these homegrown terrorists are not very professional. No. No, we're lucky, John. They're not professional. I never felt more lucky. Whether it's leaving the key in the car, whether the car starts smoking, <laughs> and not even building a functioning bomb. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought we were supposed to be afraid. I don't get it now. That was basically luck. People talk about homegrown terror as if it's something that... There's that luck meme. You catch it? Yeah, not you mentioned. I haven't noticed yeah. it as a meme. But yeah, I think yeah, you yeah. You're just lucky. You were lucky. We were yeah, lucky. We're lucky. That it, just lucky might happen someday. It wasn't called a terror attack at the time, but the attack on Fort Hood was a terrorist attack. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be, like, out of the question to give us a little more info on Fort Hood. Like, let us... Uh, like, whatever, yeah, whatever. Like, what happened? But, you know, another thing that's left out of this report, the thing that... that remember this one? Jihad Jane? Oh, yeah. She's... Where is she? In what Ireland? the hell happened to her? She was in Ireland, right? And they shut down the whole country. Well, she was Jihad came from. She Jane. was rolling around Jihad Jane and her buddy, and well, that was we the start, John. That we start. This is when that started. We followed all of this. Yeah, we de deconstructed it as a complete scam, and now, of course, it's off the radar and it never gets brought up again. Well, that one didn't go over that well. Let's try this. Carried out by an American. Tonight, we're learning more about Major Nadal Malik Hassan. He gave lectures where he stated that the U.S. war on terror was a war on Islam. That should have been a flag. The ability to identify homegrown terrorists before they strike requires tips from the public, monitoring yes. Internet chatter, and the... Chatter! Internet... This... John, I think we should uh, change the name of the show to the No Agenda Chatter Show. That's what this is chatter. This is what we, this is. What is Pretty the definition chatter. of chatter? That's uh, chatter. Chatter. We've got chatter on the interwebs. Use of government informants. They are not always the most savory characters. And in many cases, they're paid for this. But they are sounding the part of a terrorist. They look the part of the terrorist. And the subjects are buying it hook, line, and sinker. 
Sting operations have become one of the most effective tools in thwarting these plots. In these wiretap conversations, you hear the undercover operative or the agent say, are you sure you want to go through this? You know, you don't have to do that. You can back out. U.S. intelligence has spent the last... <laughs> I mean, the FBI guys say that? Is that what yeah, she meant? Yeah, supposedly. Like, you know, I, you don't have to do this. I mean, seriously. Oh, um, hey, hey, Ahab, <laughs> you do not have to do this, you know. <laughs> Muhammad. You, you can chicken out if you want Anytime you want. Yeah, you can be a pansy and a pussy if you want to. Yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't record it because our recorder broke. 10 years trying to protect Americans from an external threat. But in the next decade, they'll spend just as much effort combating terrorists within our own borders. It's becoming fun. It's becoming adventurous to join jihad. And and this is one of the uh, challenges that law enforcement is trying a to face. A crock of crap this woman has to Who deliver. Who is she? Who is she? I don't know. I mean, she's just another one of the bogus, you know, spokes holes that shows up. It, it is becoming adventuresome and fun, she says, to become a jihadist in the United States. Oh, really? <laughs> it's the new thing. All the kids are doing All it. All the kids are doing it because they want to be locked up in Gitmo and waterboarded because there's nothing more thrilling. Yeah. This is bull crap. And you can find all the stories in our In Focus series on our website. Just go to cbsnews.com. Thank you very much, Katie. You know where all this starts, this radicalization? So lively and quick. I knew in a moment it must be... Saint Nick! Saint Nick, a.k.a. Santa Claus. That's right, kids. Get used to it now. A.k.a. A.k.a. Because no one's real name is the real name, kids. Not even Santa Claus. He's an A.k.a. Just so you know. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's depressing, John. Uh, and we know what really depressing. And they anymore. chew up the entire news. There's a half hour show. This is like six or seven minutes, and it's only a twenty minute show because you know, as we had people out there, always have to remember that on TV you get two hours of co- two minutes of content for every one minute of commercials, which we don't do on this show. Dvorak.org/na. Uh, you get a split second, and uh, that's. So they took up like the half the show essentially to do this. Six minutes, yeah, that is quite. Well, a six bit. minutes yeah. is, is the third, it's almost the third a of the show. Yeah, quite a bit, quite. The rest a bit. of its intros and yeah, outros. Thirty percent, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, they're all compromised, and uh, but it's crazy because when we because li- I I remember we listened to this some of it last week after the show. Didn't we play a little bit of this uh, amongst yeah, ourselves bit. during our meeting? Our meeting. <laughs> our meeting. Uh, but you hear it again, and there's all these all these little messages, all these little memes, these little things that just crop up, and it's totally mind-controlling people. Um, it's a hopeless situation. Well, it really is, because we're somewhere stuck in between Orwell's 1984 and Huxley's A Brave New World. It's like it's like a perfect storm, we're, and we're amusing ourselves to death with idiocy, with stupid entertainment... I mean, completely dumb. And at the same time, Big Brother is just building up the entire infrastructure. It's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> and, but what's, what freaked me out is on Thursday's show, you actually said, uh, you know, never in all my life have I ever seen anything this bad. This is really, really, really wrong. And yeah, we, and we, yeah, it's pretty bad. We, Although I have to say, I did qualify by saying I think during the 50s when they had the anti-communist craziness, where there's a communist under every bed, um, 
I think it must have been pretty bad then too. But it was, but it's, and I think people were turning their neighbors in and things similar. But I still remember when when I was a kid, you being told that the worst part of the worst part about Cuba was the was the kids turning in their parents to the Communist Party, and the kid, you know, people turning against their neighbors and turning them in because they had a personal grudge, so they turn them in for something they didn't do, and then the 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 police would come in and arrest them. Uh, you know, I mean, that's essentially where we're headed here right, with the, with Janet, Lucy, Lucy. Anyway. Yeah, and the, and then you get uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what what happened in uh, something happened in Minneapolis? Uh, what was that in Minneapolis? There was something that happened in Minneapolis. It snowed in, I think. There's something crazy happened. Besides the roof caving in on their stadium. No, there was something else that happened in Minneapolis. Oh, they arrested. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, so th- there's these people who work for um, peace movements. You know, like Rock Against the Afghani War, etc. Oh, yeah. We're getting a lot of links to these. Apparently, people who are now... If you're an active, by the way, what's funny about this and ironic, in my opinion, is that, and I mentioned this on the last show, which is that Obama is worse than Bush when it comes to Trump. I mean, they come in, you know, the you know these liberal Democrats, and you you expect they're going to end the war, they're going to get rid of that Patriot Act, which is very questionable, and instead they up the ante. They make the war go on worse, especially the Afghanistani one. They want to attack Pakistan. They're using those predators to blow people out of the you know off the face of the earth at at will, and then and the Patriot Act is, is upped, and they give Napolitano more. We developed this. Homeland Security Department that's bigger than the military. I mean, the whole thing, it's its like gone in the wrong direction. And so now activists, as was shown in the Minnesota situation, anyone who's like protesting the war, protest anything, it's worse than those free speech zones that the Bushians put together. The Democrats are now arresting them as terrorists. Yeah, and what I found coincidental is it happens in Minneapolis, which is exactly where the Lucy Napolitano See Something, Say Something kicked off at the Mall of America. It wasn't just at, uh, uh, at Walmart. It was at Mall, Amer- Mall of America, which is in Minneapolis. And then all right. of a sudden, they, they, so they raid like nine or ten people's homes, confiscate computers um, under the, uh, what was the exact line here? But it was like, you know, they, they were aiding and abetting terrorist organizations. Now, I will say that there's something that's not being portrayed by Democracy Now!, who is all over this story, is, you know, these people have been to uh, Palestine, uh, Palestine, have been working with Hezbollah. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, those are definitely deemed terrorist organizations. Not like they're just writing up some signs in their home. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there is that element. More. I mean, it's possible. I mean, but it seems to me that just to be a testing ground. Yes. I'm telling you, there's going to be this. It's going to be the they're going to they keep. Let's face it. This has not been backed off. No one has been turning down the volume on this stuff. No. And sure, you got a nice rationale. You got a bunch of complainers. I mean, Berkeley's filled with these pal- pro-Palestine. We hate Israel. We hate Jews. Uh, people ro- ro- roaming around. A lot of them are from Palestine. And they could easily be targeted and thrown in the slammer for being a ter- you know, related somehow to the terrorists because many of them you know, are associated with the Hezbollah or the Hamas groups. Right. And the fact of the matter is there are websites that, that are Hamas and Hezbollah websites they could shut down. They're not doing that. I mean, it just it seems selective to me 
uh, the, I don't know that they're doing any, anything other than protesting and complaining and, and doing what these people normally do, uh, bellyache. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm I question this uh, the motives. Um, some uh, earthquake related news. There was a, a Christmas quake, not far from our president, I guess, actually in the South Pacific, the South Pacific island, Vanuatu. Have you ever heard of Vanuatu? No, I never have. They had a 7.3. Of course, no news outlet ever again says on what scale that is. Yeah, it's on this the, scale thing is bugging me. It's on the Richter scale or... Uh, no, it's this new scale that nobody scale. knows what it means. Well, 7.3, I think, is uh, literally when paintings fall off the wall. I'd rather go back to the Richter scale. I have a sense of it. <laughs> I The days were good when we had the Richter scale, damn it. I know what it means. I don't know what this other thing means. It's just some linear scale. I don't have no clue. Is there a 50? I don't know. Is it 7 out of 100? I I don't have any idea. So the Christmas... So we've never heard of this place. It's in the South Pacific. The Christmas 7.3 magnitude quake hit the uh, least... What does it say? Hit the least developing country. I don't know what what that means. What's the name of this? Spell me the name of that island. V. Victor Alpha November... Uniform Alpha Tango Uniform, Vanuatu. So it struck just after midnight, December 25th, about 140 miles south of the capital, Port Vila. And the quake was unusually shallow, only 15 miles beneath the ocean floor. Now, the crazy thing is, though, just weeks before this crazy earthquake, someone stole all of the seismic equipment from the island. That's an interesting coincidence. <laughs> yes. Stole all of it and they and uh, they actually like cut through barbed wire and stuff. It was like it wasn't like some kid walking in going, "Hey, look at this stuff." No, they they actually set out to steal this uh equipment, including a solar panel, uh VLF receiving transmitting system, all cables. And the officials say, with the, without these stations, the people of Vanuatu will no longer be able to get accurate information and timely warnings during events of earthquakes and tsunamis. On October 1st, vital equipment was stolen at one of the other two stations, the station's Clem Hill. So... They had a bunch of quakes in 2009, too. Apparently, they have a lot of quakes. But why would someone steal all the equipment? I have no idea. I don't, can't imagine why... Why anyone would do that? But then this story goes into this whole environmental warfare thing, which is kind of interesting, and this is from the examiner, um, and brings up all these different... You know, we, oh, I've spoken about these so many times. This is interesting. There's a piece on the climate change global research. The possibility of climactic or environmental manipulations as part of a military agenda, while formally acknowledged by official government documents in the U.S. military, as I've told you on this show, has never been considered relevant to the climate debate. Interesting. Military analysts are mute on the subject, meteorologists are not investigating the matter, and environmentalists are strung on global warming in the Kyoto Protocol, written by uh, a guy in the climate change and global research document. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, you never know with these things. I found it interesting because it's not not that far from where the president is. We've got. Uh, Where's the president? He's in Hawaii. 
Well, no, this is a long ways from there. This is over by Australia. Oh, I thought this was the South Pacific near the president. No, this is the South Pacific over in Micronesia, over the middle of nowhere. It's like, you know, it's Uh, like so... Well, then, even worse, why are people stealing their stuff? Leave their stuff alone, people. This is an old French colony that is apparently an interesting tourist place. I've never heard of it, but I'm looking at the, you know, this is around... uh, you can look it up on the on the Google, but or the Wikipedia actually has a, a pretty good background on it. So it's, it's a sketchy area that was. Uh, it's out in the middle of. It's just really, you know, it's more like around the Cook Islands than it is uh, oh, Hawaii. Okay. Oh, okay, my mistake. Meanwhile, we've got. Uh, it's like a cool place to go, though. That's what reason I'm kind of yeah. keep scanning this page. John, you can't even make it down to Los Angeles to hang out with me yeah, for a it's day. A long way. You're not going to go to the. You're not going to go to the Cook Islands. I don't Islands. like traveling as much. I used to travel a lot. I've been everywhere, as people know, when I tell my old stories. But you know, and after a while, it's like, what's the point? You know, you go there, you you know, have a beer, and you eat some of the local food, and you go, oh, yeah, I did that, and then you leave. I mean, it's you know, at some point, it's like. I'd rather do this show. It's funny you say that because that's kind of the way I feel. Yeah, it took me longer to get there than you. But you, had, I think you had more. You had I don't know. You I had more tra- going. I had more going for me. <laughs> you had more going for it. Crapped out. I didn't have as much going for me when I crapped out. <laughs> so um, we could always check out Arkansas if we want some real earthquakes. They've been having a bonanza of earthquakes. Oh, there, there must be some. You know, I bet you from fracking. It is. You want to hear the report? It's. Uh, it is exactly that. It is from fracking. You want to hear it? The Arkansas people, you should stop this. Yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah. Guy, Arkansas. Population around 500 very nervous people. Since mid-September, this part of Arkansas has experienced roughly 500 earthquakes. That's a lot of earthquakes. Way too many. 500. (laughs) Sharon and Carrie Strickland were home when one struck. There it is. You felt it. There it it is. You felt it. You got one. I smelt it. You dealt it. I felt it. That was it. Last year at this time, there had been only 39 earthquakes in the entire state. Slow days, we're having one to two, maybe three or four. Um, Busier days, we can have up to eight or nine. My wife would like to buy earthquake insurance. I'm trying to talk her out of it. That was totally unnecessary to put into the uh, into the piece. Yeah, really. Guy's mayor, Sam Nugent. Giving it to his wife. Yeah. Says the earthquakes don't really bother people much. From about a 2-7. I love this guy. This guy knows exactly the magnitude. It's about a 2-7, maybe a 2-8. Yeah, I, you know, I know. 8 gauge to a 3-something. It'll <laughs> rattle the windows. Check a few pictures on the wall. This it doesn't last but five, six, ten seconds. But people do wonder what's causing them. Here's one theory. Guy sits atop what's called the Fayetteville Shale, a huge field of natural gas buried beneath layers of rock. This is the Fayetteville Shale. As you can see, there's no gas that's going to come out of that, so you're going to have to hydraulically fracture rock to get gas out of it. The process of fracturing rock is called, naturally enough, fracking. There you go. So they figured it out that it's all because of fracking. Duh. Yeah. You go from no 35 earthquakes in the history of the state to 500? Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. People. And uh, in Gitmo Nation East, as I'm wrapping up my, uh, my news here, uh, they're trying it once again with the uh, flu victims. The flu. Oh, the yeah. Flu. They You're going to yeah, die. You're going to die. crazy story. 
460 flu victims fighting for life as experts admit 24 deaths from swine strain may be only just on the surface. There may How be a come, fraction wait a minute, of the let true me just number. back up a second. I've asked this question before. I'm going to ask it again. How come every year they, they, they figure out what, what the flu is going to be? And it's always this combination of H's and N's and 1's and 2's and 3's. And they, uh, the flu goes through the public, flies through, and then the next year they have three different flu, flus, and the old flu doesn't return. How come this flu keeps returning? Yeah, in, in the same... Well, because this flu knows that the government has tons of vaccine for this flu and this flu only. So that's why it's like, hey, you know, that would really suck if I didn't come back uh, as the same thing. I can't mutate. I've got to be the same flu. So we can get some press. Flu has a mind of its own, you see. Okay. I knew there was an explanation. Meanwhile, I got a... a, a remember the... Um, the producer of ours who uh, had a new human resource born on Saturday named Wednesday. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. they had a uh, they had a miscarriage. Oh, uh, or not, no, not, not with Wednesday, but uh, previous. And okay. the, and um, and the producer said to me, he said, you know, uh, that was when my uh, my wife had the uh, the flu vaccine and she miscarried. And then I hear you guys talking and find out that there's like a 700% increase in uh, miscarried pregnancies with women who have uh, received the flu vaccine. So they did not, uh, even though the doctor kept saying, oh, you got to get the shot, you got to get the shot, did not have the shot. And Wednesday uh, was born uh, healthy uh, as far as... Uh, as far as Oh, well, good for them. Yeah. So you know, he actually was saying, hey, you guys like well, saved a life here. Well, Wednesday can thank us later. Yeah. With a healthy donation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Man, you're bad. You got anything else? <laughs> no, I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll liven things up a little bit. Hopefully my clip machine isn't uh, trashed. Yeah. And I uh, have some good clips. I did have a couple of interesting ones we could have run, but there's not, the queen was the probably the best. But uh, Well, get the queen. You know, go out and play. <laughs> no, you, you should definitely get the Queen's uh, get the Queen's speech for Thursday. And Thursday is uh, is that the what is that the thirtieth or the thirty first? Is that the uh, uh, what is that? Th- what is Thursday? Well, let's take a look. So Thursday is the thirtieth. Thirtieth. Okay. So uh, we will still speak with all of our human resources before the uh, the end of the year, and I'm sure <laughs> something crazy will happen before. Before Something all... crazy happens every time we do this. It's just constant. Yeah, it's it's a bottomless pit of material, and we don't even, you know, it's, we don't even have to dig that deep to find stuff. I mean, it's ridiculous. But you know, I'll go. I'll go pick up some clips from Extra. <laughs> yeah, please, we need it. Extra, extra. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, home of AQ-USA.com. I am the. Uh former Soviet spy known as Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I want to thank everybody for who donated this week to the No Agenda Show and hope that you will continue supporting us. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda.